BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are about to experience the Drunken Peasants podcast, the greatest podcast in human history. Please recognize that this podcast is designed to be amusing and entertaining, and thus we engage in satirical comments, exaggerations, and even dirty jokes. If you are offended by such things, please go away and die. If you enjoy this podcast, we ask that you help to support its existence by contributing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash DP. Contributors get regular access to monthly private shows, special commentaries, Google Hangouts with the peasants, and more. If you don't want to do that, you can also support the show by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash drunken peasants to get a free audiobook and access to over 150,000 and audiobook titles, including great selections on science and skepticism. And if you shop on Amazon.com, we strongly urge you to use one of the Amazon affiliate links in the description section of our videos. You can help support the show simply by using our link to buy things you are going to buy anyway. Now that we've got all that shit out of the way, sit back and enjoy the show. Podcast episode two hundred and eight. No, uh no, man. No, it's no. not. We're, sk- I- we're skipping to two hundred nine, dude. Shit. Two hundred eight is my unlucky number. We're not doing that. <coughs> you know, how, like elevators skip the thirteenth floor in hotels. Yeah, we're skipping the two hundred eighth episode. So if you built a building that had two hundred and ten floors, I'd skip two hundred eight. Wow. Yep. That's so superstitious of you. Why, TJ? Why do you want to skip it so badly? Because it's a fucking unlucky number, dude. Well, you know what? You get the fuck out of here then. All right. Go on. Quick announcement. <clears throat> Announcements. Oh, okay. This coming Saturday, February 27th at 5 p.m., if, and it's a big if, you will have the $25 Google Hangout perk from the Drunken Peasants. There will be a hangout. There will be links. And also, also, what, TJ? 
What else are we Card- doing? Cards Against Humanity. Oh, you're not TJ. Uh, no, I, I came back. You didn't say. I'll be at seven. You never specified the amount Eastern of time, time. I had to be gone. So. And I'll send out a message to remind everyone. He's lying. He's not going to do it. Can't trust Ben. He's not reliable, y'all. <laughs> True. It's funny because I'm projecting. <coughs> exactly. <laughs> <coughs> All right, so we're going to bring uh, Paul Zigo and our guest Jim Cornette. I thought it was pronounced Jim Cornetti. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Hello. 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 <laughs> Can you hear us? The peasants yes. are drunk already? <coughs> yes. Uh, not uh, quite yet, but it'll probably happen eventually. Maybe stone, not drunk. Yeah, we should really be called the stoned peasants. Well, I haven't been able to figure out if, if, if I'm supposed to be a drunken peasant to be on the show or a drunken peasant to listen to the program. Either. Either is preferable. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, this well, is a show for plebs, Well, one way or another, alcohol helps yo. this equation, right? Yeah, alcohol or any sort of intoxicating agent will uh, help our show be infinitely more watchable, for sure. Or if you're stone-cold sober, you're probably be. not going to enjoy it. Yes, watchable or listenable. Listenable. Listen a bubble? <laughs> ben, really? <laughs> yeah. Someone pays you to talk? Come on. Listen a bubble. All right. Oh, wait a minute. We get paid for this? I'm, I'm only on audio now, you know, but I've got the perfect face for radio. So I'm, <laughs> I'm only on the audio. But uh, I, I hope that's, a, that's, that's sufficient. Yeah, it should well, be fun. That's cool. You know, Jim, I, I, my name's Paul, by the way. Nice to meet you. And, and, uh, it, it, it is nice to meet me also. Hello, Paul. Uh, yes, I, I, I also have a face uh, for radio, but I go by Paul's <coughs> ego, and my ego is too large to allow the people to not see my face. So, there, maybe there's no that. ego. Maybe there's no ego. Huh? So, Jim, we have we have questions for you and stuff. Well, why? That's a. I've heard from my many thousands of Twitter followers at the Jim Cornette. Some some jackoff got at Jim Cornette, so that's not me. It's at the Jim Cornette. And 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 constantly on Twitter they say you've got to be on the drunken peasant show. It's it's so hilarious and it's so funny. You'd be why am I such a good fit for the drunken peasant show? What is it that you that you people do here? From what that, I've seen it's because you're you're just a you're like an angry, loud, <laughs> opinionated person. That's like kind of what we do. So, uh, well, okay, well, I can I can fit right in there then. Okay, you exactly right. Be this easy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're you're tailor made. It's all good. Um, no, but we we want you to talk. I mean, I I mean, I, I could ask you a, a fucking question that's a flimsy pretense to get you to do this, but really, I just want to hear you trash talk the WWE. So just lay that <laughs> shit. <coughs> well, no, no, why why should I dogpile on at at this point? It's it's like because you know, it's the, entertaining. It's fun. The, we they're, hear it. they're 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 the old whore of the night before the the high school prom. They're waiting for someone someone to call and say please. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're doing better. They really are. They're they're doing better because last week they were in rough shape. You know, Roddy, any Roddy fans in the audience, ladies and gentlemen? I told my son about the birds and the bees. He told me about my wife and the butcher. It's it's it's. Uh, I got no respect. But no, I just I can't stand this this modern day what passes for pro wrestling. It is a dog and pony show if ever I've seen one. Uh, there, there's no pretense at being in any way legitimate. Or trying to to get people emotionally invested in it. wrestling is about people arguing and then settling things in the ring like men in a violent fashion. The UFC has stolen pro wrestling. 
And now, you know, Vince McMahon put his 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 family out there in, in a, what passes for romper room. These people are not serious. They're they're dancing and and singing and and caroling and carrying on. It looks like holiday on ice inside a wrestling ring. <laughs> Except there's no ice. But they should they could add that, you know. That would make it interesting. Have an ice match. Just cover the ice, wing in ice. Bud, ice cream, I don't know. But it, it's it, whatever happened to the good old-fashioned violence in America. That's what we need more of. Explain what you mean. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what, You're describing this. Do- I'm like, sold. Scotty's like, yes. Wrestling, good old-fashioned violence. Be, yeah. Wrestling is supposed to be violent, and wrestling is no longer violent. The WWE has homogenized and pasteurized and sanitized wrestling like the toilet seat with the wrapper on it at the Super 8 Motel when it's for your convenience and your protection. It's been all cleaned up and polished of any of its emotion and passion. Exactly. (laughs) It it seems like there are no real heels anymore in wrestling, too. No, and now, you know, if if somebody's wrestling somebody else and, and that person gets hurt, gets injured, gets a skull fracture or broken neck or... Needs to have surgery or whatever. There, the offending party is is photographed at the bedside uh, with the head <laughs> down, bowed. Uh, he tweets out to all of his thousands of Twitter followers that it was a terrible accident, that he couldn't be more sorry for the incident. I want to I want to harken back to the heels of younger days of my younger days, who would have said, "If he dies, he dies." The asshole shouldn't have gotten the ring with me. He got what he I- deserved. Next person's gonna get more of the same. <laughs> I go uh, I go one or two steps further, man. I want to go back to the days where the offending party would not only be seen uh, handing flowers to the person, but soon after handing them the flowers, he dives on the bed and gives them another fucking ass whooping. Like, that's... Yeah, it, those it turns the, the stretcher over. Turns the stretcher over as they're carrying him out to the ambulance. He flips the stretcher yes. over in the street and puts the boots to the man in the gutter. That's the kind of violence... That I want to see from my wrestling, not this this pussyfied stuff that they show on television these days. I would Man. say the worst the worst thing for me about the current wrestling that you would see on TV is the commentary. Ugh. Uh, it's it's probably it it makes it almost unwatchable for me to the point where I I just really can't handle listening to it, Michael it's Cole. It's just them stating the obvious the entire time. That's and, it. And well, you that's the, you've got the, you got the guy writing the checks uh, uh, talking in your ear going, say this, say that, pal, say the other thing. Ask questions. <laughs> You know, it, it's 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 a it's hard it's a hard job. It really is, especially when when they don't uh, hire for substance, they hire for style. Well, they ain't got either. <laughs> <laughs> they want they want they want the young, good-looking, talking heads. It's it's the bubble-headed bleach blonde. It comes on at five. That's that's who's announcing the program now. <coughs> Well, I mean, we were just at uh, the last pay-per-view, and when Michael Cole came out I'm to the sorry, ring... I'm sorry, you have my, you have my <laughs> deepest sympathy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, every, it, it was it was extremely predictable. Um, but when, when Michael Cole came out, he, he just got booed by everybody. So I, I think everyone else just... I You know, I don't know if it's his fault. I have heard that Vince is, like, talking to them while they're doing their commentary. But uh, it, it, whatever it is, whatever I hear out of him, I just, it's almost unbearable. That, that's why Mick Foley said he finally, he had to leave a few years ago. When he went to TNA for a couple of years, he, he was doing commentary. 
And Vince was in his ear so much and screaming at him so much and said, do this, do that, you stupid son of a bitch. He finally had to say, Vince, we've always had such a wonderful relationship. I'm afraid that's going to end if I continue to work for you. So I must go for a period of time. Good good day to you, sir. And he went to TNA for a couple of years because he couldn't stand Vince yeah. blistering him on the headset when he was trying to do commentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've I've heard I, it back, back back when we used to do it, it, it was it was somewhat bearable because Vince was so busy doing other things, he didn't have time to browbeat the announcers. They had the you know the uh, the buck toothed uh, uh, producer Kevin Dunn would 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 do that most of the time, and he was so uh, limp as far as a producer, you could just kind of wander all over him. <laughs> if you one another thing I miss about the commentary is that there are no real heel commentators anymore. Like, there's no more Bobby Heenan or Jesse Ventura type heel commentators. I think Lawler's bland. been trying to uh, he's been trying to get back to it a little bit lately. From from what I've seen, although I try to stay away from the programming, I've been clean and sober from WWE programming for some time now. It's a twelve step program. It begins with answering. <laughs> Every wrestling-related question with I don't give a shit. But, uh, but Lawler's been trying to, to – and, and Lawler's so quick, and he's such a great heel. Uh, and he's so natural with it. You know, he's, he's a guy that, that you can really sink your teeth into a dis good dislike for. Oh, you yeah. can work up real hatred. You couldn't warm up to the king if you were cremated with him. I mean, didn't he beat up Stu Hart at one point or something like that? <laughs> he certainly talked bad about him, and, and, and Helen – you know the alligator bag she had under her eyes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, well, feuding with Bret Hart's family. If they'd have given Helen Hart a, a facelift, they'd have had enough left over to make a midget. She was the most wrinkled. <laughs> when she wore long Jesus earrings, Christ. she looked like a set of Venetian blinds. It was amazing that the, the, the age on her. When she, she charged the light brigade. I don't know if you're aware of this. She was so old when she was in school, the Dead Sea was still sick. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh man! Hey, did you did you uh, did you threaten to shoot Brock Lesnar? Uh, no, I, I I I didn't threaten to. That would have been saying I'm I'm going to shoot you. I I, I phrased it more like if you don't shut the fuck up, I'll have to shoot you. Um, no, I, I, he was having a disagreement in the locker room with with uh, the woman he had just press slammed, who happened to be my girlfriend also. But it was it was purely a, 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 a platonic professional situation. But anyway, uh, you know, he 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 bowed up and said "fuck you" to her, and I said in to him, "Don't say fuck you" to her in front of me because I'll have to shoot you. And then I went on to explain to him why what he did was the wrong thing to do and that he should apologize and quit screaming and yelling at people and blah, blah, blah. And and at this point, he was working and, for you in OVW, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, no, yeah, no, we just ran into each other walking down the street. No, yes, he was working <laughs> for it. He was being trained is what he was doing. He was training yeah. for a career in pro wrestling, sort of like at the University of Phoenix. But anyway... Uh, and he didn't understand that. He had to go back to later on and ask my partner. He said, why did Jimmy say he was going to shoot me? And my partner said, look at you, you big dumb fuck. Who's going to fight you? He had to understand <laughs> that, that you know, it, just because he had been catered to as the, as the you know, hotshot high school and college jock, uh, you know, that he had been up in Minnesota, uh, in the real world, people were not going to fight him if they had a disagreement with him. That probably chances are somebody'd pull out a gun and shoot his ass before they would fight him, and he, he should I be would. aware of that. 
Yeah. Yes, and that's that's what most sane normal people would do. So he just, we just had to make him aware that that was a possibility that he should stop screaming "fuck you" at people in the locker room, etc. So it was it was for his own good ultimately that you threatened to shoot. It was him. it was a, it was a teaching moment. Oh, okay. Part it was a teaching moment. It's like I like you and I want to shoot you. Imagine what people that don't like you are going to want to do to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you uh, what. Jim, I, I had a I had a quick question for you, more of a kind of a comment that turns into a question. Um, and I'm going to be honest here, and I hope you're not stigma wrapped in a puzzle. Of- <laughs> yes. yes. Get fucked, Paul. I, I, I hope you're not offended by this, but before today, see Ben sent me some links to read up on you, but before today, in my eyes, you were Yokozuna's manager because that's where I remember you best from. Or not his manager, but his, his you actually, American you said, spokesman. You, I, I know where I've heard your voice now. You're one of the main characters on the Big Bang Theory. I recognize <laughs> I am? <laughs> well, shit. Hey, Jim, could you but use your... Could you use your Hollywood contacts to get me that paycheck then from that from that show? Because they ain't paid me a dime. <laughs> oh, no, they, believe me, they, they paid you what you're worth, and that's why you had to give them change back. But it, oh. it, <laughs> man, <laughs> no, but but I, I was the manager of Yokozuna, the 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 right. WWF champion in in his and, day, and I and I appreciated that, and I loved you, and I loved you as that manager. And and what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is that I've kind of seen behind the veil now. I see how integral you have been over the years in pro wrestling or sports entertainment now as it's become. Um, but isn't that part of the problem, though? That have, we, have we seen too much behind the veil? Are we being shown too much? Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. It's, it's like a, my analogy is always imagine the hot girl. That, you, that you're just dying to go out with and you've just been lusting after and finally you screw up enough courage that you go up and you say, oh, will you please go to dinner with me? And she says, yes, and you're over the moon about it, right? And she says, I, I don't really like you and I wouldn't fuck you in a million years, but I'm looking forward to the free meal. It's, it, right. we, we, have, we, we have told them everything that we do to elicit a response from the fans, uh, to, to elicit emotion from people to either like or dislike one of the wrestlers or whatever so that they will buy a ticket to see the big match. We've told them beforehand that we're yanking their chain and we expect them to still go along with the program. And I think it's ridiculous. And, and the openness that because it's a combination of the comedy writers have, have invaded wrestling, you know, the Hollywood types that do reality television, reality, reality lady. <laughs> and, and Hey lady. Uh, or, or the corporate America, you know, types that think, oh, this is such a hoot. Nobody ever took this seriously. Well, tens of millions of people used to take this stuff seriously enough to watch it on TV every week or go live to the arenas every week or every month. And, and now it's just something to be watched and giggled at on, on free TV because of the, the fact that we've let them know everything that's going on. And all the guys are and girls now, instead of wanting to be pro wrestlers, many of them aspire to a career on the Broadway stage, and it's it's turned into a fucking bunch of happy horse shit. <laughs> and who's the most responsible for that happening? Would you say, if you had to name oh, a few people? Well, you know, Vince McMahon uh, is the industry leader, so he's got to take the he's got to take the bad with the good. He's got to take the cow shit with the uh, chicken salad. Uh, and uh, you know, his view of wrestling, unfortunately, 
has been, you know, he wants to be Walt Disney. Uh, and as a result, it's, it's, it's the kitty hour and, and, you know, they're a publicly traded company and they can't take any risks. It's like a, a, a music label where the, the edgiest band that you could sign because of your sponsors is the Carpenters. <laughs> By the way, if, any, if, if anybody's watching vinyl, I did love the juxtaposition of Karen Carpenter serenaded, serenading Olivia Wilde while she was getting butt fucked in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, on flow in the in the sixties, that was a, a wonderful piece of cinema. You could tell Scorsese was involved in that piece of business there. Uh, but but anyway, that I mean, it, there's a lot of people that have, have share blame for uh, the state that wrestling is in these days. But you got to start with with Vin, Uncle Vince, the industry leader, because he just he doesn't want to be a serious product. He wants to be. You know, entertainment and total divas. Somebody asked me if I watched Total Divas. Oh, oh my God! What the fuck? Oh. Life is not short enough. My life is not. Short that, that, that's like an insult. <laughs> that's an insult. Hey, you watch Total Divas, right? It's like yeah. what the fuck? No. <laughs> oh, that person needs to be slapped. Oh, yes. You talk about because I'm I'm a guy. I, I'm not as into wrestling as the other guys on the panel, but I Garbage. was big into wrestling. My 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 granddaddy was into real like southern wrestling pre syndication type of stuff, and I used to read the magazines that he where had. We, where saved. was he from? Where where was your granddad from? My granddaddy oh. came from Missouri, and one of his uh, his favorite wrestlers had to be had to be either uh, Pat O'Connor or Bulldog Bob Brown. Bulldog, <laughs> he talked about Bulldog constantly, and the uh, Bulldog baby. And he saved all his magazines and all the all the clippings and stuff. So I was brought up on that type of wrestling, you know. And you don't get that wide-eyed wonder back, I, I think. Like, once you realize, oh, man, it's all kind of a show. Because if you think about it from the mind of a 10-year-old, which is what I was when he was taking me to wrestling shows, wrestling's fucking insane, isn't it, Jim? It's two fucking burly men in the squared circle beating the shit out of each other. I mean, I watched George the Animal Steel eat the turnbuckle, and then bust his own forehead on it and bleed. That doesn't well, and, happen and anymore. The, the thing is, not only wrestling is, is... Wrestling is a unique American art form, right? <laughs> and and it, it, can, it can captivate your attention or it can get that go-away heat. It just depends on whether it's done well or it's, or it's, uh, it's not done so well. And and I prefer the art form when it you can't like you said put the toothpaste back in the tube you can't unring the bell, and it, the problem is is that uh, once that once that the magician has let the audience in on the secrets not only that he is not really making the elephant disappear but everybody knew that to begin with but when you show the plans on the internet and the people say oh well that's how it's done and it's not even really as difficult as we thought it was. That's when you've run into trouble, and that's what wrestling has done. Do you think uh, Linda McMahon running for political office had something to do with wrestling getting as bad as it as it is now? Oh, probably because they didn't want her. Even though she was careful to distance herself a second time out and and resign from her position in the company or whatever, like you could resign from the McMahon family. <laughs> it's, it's like the Hotel California. You could check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. Uh, but it, 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 she tried to to distance herself from the WWE this this past time around. But 
I have no idea. Is it, 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 she's not fulfilled enough with her, the fact that they're worth a billion dollars and she's a major executive with a big-time company. She wants to get into politics suddenly at that stage of her life. And like most Republicans, I'm sure, to serve the common good. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I want, I, I don't want several things in, in elected office. Number one, any Republicans. But number two, anybody in the McMahon family to be close to policy making decisions would be even worse than electing every Republican that ever ran for office. Uh, there's a, there's, there's got to be a special kind of crazy for, for wanting members of the McMahon family and the way Vince gets up on the side of the bed and thinks about things ever so often to actually be close to our lawmaking and policy making uh, uh, procedures in this country. Well, you know, uh, Vince's buddy Trump might might be president. So, oh, fine. then there you go. And then we could, you know, we could say one of the, our president of the United States once had a hair match on WrestleMania. Maybe what Vince can fuck? be vice president of the country. You know. You know what? Since you brought up WrestleMania, how do you feel? I'm sure you've heard that Shane McMahon versus the Undertaker is supposed to be a match at WrestleMania. Well, you know, I'm I'm trying to dislike it, but it's, <laughs> it's so sad in a way when you think about it that the the forty something year old son of the of the the boss can come back after being out of the company five or six years and mean more than than any of their wrestlers. But unfortunately, he does, and it's true. It probably will sell more tickets than anything else they could have done. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird to just see Shane McMahon come out and then the crowd, like, literally cheer for, like, five minutes and chant, this is awesome, and holy shit. Like, he, he just, all he did was walk out. I mean, yeah. are, we this, uh, are we this easily impressed? A man walked into the ring. Holy shit. It's come to this point that, 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 that Shane O'Mac is, is more important than any of the wrestlers. It is, it's, it's. <laughs> It's it's gonna once again it's gonna sell more tickets as I said than anything else they could do and it's also an indictment of their star making or lack thereof over the past few years and why, and the, why can't why the can't they make a star you know you, because when they in my opinion because when they have people with talent they don't use them right like I was listening to a podcast that Jim was on with I, I think it was uh, it was actually with Roddy Piper mm -hmm. uh, a while back. And uh, I think you were talking about Dolph Ziggler, that you thought Dolph Ziggler was a pretty good wrestler. Um, uh, well, yes, definitely. And, you know, the people will get behind some of these guys, but unfortunately, unless it's still at this point, unless it's still Vince's vision of who he wants to be, the top attraction, a main event star, uh, it doesn't matter how, how popular they get with the people. Vince has his idea of what he wants, and he's going to get what he wants. And you, and you will like it, or no soup for you. Uh, <laughs> that you know, explains Roman And his Reigns name and John is John Cena. As a guy that has come, uh, been <laughs> out of wrestling for a while and then just recently started watching it again, I watched uh, the, the Royal Rumble with the guys a couple of months ago. Um I, I, I was asking him, you know, guys, catch me up a little bit. Like, who are the guys? And who's this guy? And I pointed at Roman Reigns, and they, they were like, oh, that's Roman Reigns. And I said, well, what's his thing? What's he do? <coughs> and they were just kind of like, well, he's he's Roman Reigns. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't, 
Isn't he's that supposed kind of to the be the main event guy? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah that's I mean, his thing. He's supposed to be the star. It's like uh, I imagine. I imagine like if I were to be if I, if I were to been like, well, who's the Undertaker? TJ would have went on for a fucking hour and a half about the Undertaker, but Roman <laughs> Reigns is just Roman Reigns, right? Like that's a problem well, for me. I miss you the know, characters. You man. guys, you guys watch more current WWE product than I do. I I I keep up with enough to get by. I write my columns. You can go to jimcornett.com by the way and and link in the description i pretty much watch the pay-per-views and read about the raw yeah and and i have the the network but it's mostly to watch the older stuff because well, and that's, that's fucking what, hipster. I, I write a lot of columns on on wrestling history and 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 older things because i don't want those stories to be lost and i keep up with the new stuff uh, as much as I can reading just to, to, to make myself conversant, but I can't work up any enthusiasm for it because there is no passion. I go to a lot of the comic conventions, a lot of the mainstream events that I do and, and not just wrestling centric events. Yeah. And the people that come up to me, there are more people by like nine out of 10 that say, I used to love wrestling, used to watch it every week. I don't watch it anymore. Rather than, than actually keep up with things these days, I think we've run off and left our audience. Yeah, you never and meet they, someone who's like, I used to watch football, but, you know, yeah, no, kind of lost I, I, interest I, I, or something. I lost interest, you know, it's just not the same as it used to be since they, you know, they started, uh, they, they made the field 300 yards long or whatever, you know, it, it just... <laughs> they have changed wrestling to the point where there are now sports entertainment fans that like that for what it is, but the wrestling fans of years ago are kind of offended by it and have, have gone away and found other things to do. I do enjoy some of the current wrestlers that are out there, but there is a lot of it that, that I have to you know, fast forward through on my DVR. I mean, I don't really mind the sports entertainment thing because like, my favorite period of wrestling, because when I, I'm, I'm, a, I was, I'm like 31 so when I was like a teenager and really getting into wrestling, it was like the Attitude Era and shit, and that was really sports entertainment, but it had an edge, you know, there was a danger, and there was all kinds of stuff you couldn't see elsewhere, you know, it was like Jerry Springer on fucking crack or something, <laughs> you know? Well, what they, also, what they also had was they had the last round of, of really great wrestling talent yeah, that they was sure developed did. in the territories, everybody from The Undertaker to Mick Foley to... The Rock and, and John Cena just slipped in out of developmental, but uh, Steve Austin, uh, in in you know, was just coming into his own in, in the mid '90s, and 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 Steve Austin and The Rock came up together and and created such an awareness for for wrestling. It just so happened that WCW was imploding and Vince was on the verge of exploding. I think it had a lot to do with you know. It, Everybody likes the Attitude Era, but they always talk about what The Rock and Steve Austin would do. I don't think that the 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 main appeal of the Attitude Era was the fact that they broke all the rules. Because then, as Lance Storm said on my 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 program, the Jim Cornette Experience, uh, one time, he said we broke all the rules in ECW, and then we found out why they had rules. Because <laughs> if you do that shit all the time, then it just makes people immune to anything else you can do. They 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 hot shotted so much in the attitude era that people were like we can't see any more injuries or people be thrown off things or carried out in stretchers uh, but they remember the personalities whether it be mankind mick foley or the rock or stone cold steve austin well i, I just think remember that they, they would do a lot more dangerous shit like i remember when the undertaker like hanged the big boss man in a fucking hell in a cell match or it was a cage match no, it was a hell in a cell and i you know i remember when uh 
Like the big boss man ate Al Snow's fucking dog and shit. I mean, there was all kinds of crazy fucking angles and shit they were working back then. You you would actually condone the co- the consuming of another man's dog, a canine, <laughs> a canine. You can you condone canine consumption. Hey, for in, for an entertaining storyline, sure, you know. No, no, no. Yeah, see, now that's what you can't do that anymore. You know what PETA would be all over people these days if uh-huh. they did something. Yeah, that's the problem. And like, isn't that part of the problem too? Though, that our culture is way more PC. I mean, so wrestling can't get away with shit. Jim, Jim, you got injured in a match um, that you were involved in with scaffolding and the Road Warriors. How did, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> did did someone have to talk you into doing that, or, or was that just something you volunteered to do? No. Well, here's how stupid I was. They just told me to do it. They didn't really have to talk me into it. I was just I heard it and said, "Well, yes, sir. Of course." It, no, it was Dusty Rhodes and. It was Starcade '86, and it was me and the Midnight Express and the and the Road Warriors and the Skywalker Scaffold match, and and it was you know the biggest event that had yet been done in in wrestling history, and I was uh, still young and full of vim and vigor, and I said, sure, I'll drop off that 25 foot scaffold, <laughs> and it didn't work out too well, and and still in the cold weather, the knee aches and 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 you know gives me trouble, but but more people, I, I was so upset because that was in 1986 and in, for almost 15 years because that was replayed over and over me falling from that scaffold on tbs every saturday night for years and years when they they sold the video more people had seen that bump than any other spectacular fall in wrestling history until until mankind gets thrown off the cell by the undertaker in pittsburgh at king of the ring and I, I went to him afterwards i said mick i said you took the one thing away from me the fat manager had the big bump <laughs> and you, you couldn't he was like 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 bono on that episode of south park he couldn't be number two he had to be number one he had to win that that award too it was not any south park fans in the audience i could you know, see we not were a glimmer actually- of recognition we were actually going to run the footage for for the people that are that are viewing this so that they could see the bump. Yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs> it's a nice wrestling attire you have there too. Is that uh, Animal? Oh, that that is Animal up up, up top. Oh. And there's Big Bubba who missed me. <laughs> he he was going to try to break my fall a little bit. <laughs> I like the look on your face right there. Man, that that look of absolute terror. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, what was fucked up when you landed, like, just there? It, was it your knees? Well, you said it was your knee? Yeah, the, the, it was the, the right knee. The, the ACL snapped. Uh, it, it ground up some of the uh, cartilage. The meniscus, as they say in the industry, ground that up into a little, you know, pate. Uh, it was swollen up the next day about twice its normal size, had to go get it drained, emergency surgery, et cetera, et cetera. I was off for almost two weeks, came back on crutches for the love of the game and the fact that back then, if you didn't work, you didn't get paid. Nice. I wanted to ask you, nice. Jim, about, nice about- for me to speak <laughs> permanently. You say this is nice. No, no I mean, the nice like the- my body. The work ethic. Jim. It's kind of nice. The work, the, that that work ethic. Damn, is something Paul, you're cold, black. dude. Yeah, he's cold blooded, man. I know. Fuck. I was talking about the work ethic. Oh, man. sure, sure, sure. Paul. Man, I heard. Uh, I heard you got beef with my my man Kevin Owens. No, I, everybody thinks that, but I, you know, uh, do I even do I even rehash it again? 
I said a while back because with Kevin, when I was with Kevin Steen, which mm-hmm. who is, knows Kevin Owens well, is remarkably similar to, confusingly <laughs> similar to, uh, in Ring of Honor a few years ago, and I said that Kevin was the at the time was the kind of guy that would rather work in front of 500 people in a rec center. Instead of and, and do what he wants to do instead of do what the people paying him ask him to do and and be a star, he had a, he's got a great athlete somewhere under all that 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 extra coating that he has on his body. I, we wanted him to lose a little weight, clean up a little bit, and uh, and 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 come back with a, a renewed uh, uh, vim and vigor after having been in the company five years. Take about six months off. He got mad at that. He didn't want to lose weight. He didn't want to do anything that you asked him to do. He just wanted to get paid and go out and do his own thing. And that's not what they uh, they they bring you to the WWF or WWE for. So, so do you think he's found changed out. since then, or uh, or what? Yes, because now he's apparently doing the things they ask him to do, or else why? It's it's they don't suffer. It's not a a a, a school for for gifted children. There, you do what they tell you to do. Or they find somebody who will, and it doesn't take them long. Well, that's why so they. We, oh, I'm sorry. We, Go we, ahead, Jim. We found we found we found out that 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 Kevin would do things that people paying him asked him to do. It's just that we weren't paying him enough money, apparently, and that, that we had to raise the threshold higher. <laughs> but he has lost a little weight. He's cleaned himself up. He washes his wrestling gear every now and then. <laughs> he's never going to be Mister Universe, but he looks a little cleaner than he did, and and he's 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 doing well. So I'm I'm happy for him. All right, so no beef then. All right. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Jim, real quick about the talent end of things, because we had a moment watching the uh, the Royal Rumble, uh, the, this last one, that I just fell out laughing at, but not in the way that I think the WWE wanted me to. Uh, I saw the Rumble when I was a kid, and every person that ran in, you knew who that person was, who they had beef with, who they were tag team partners with. Well, we're watching the Rumble. This, this last one that just passed, and this team of guys comes out, and the announcers go, oh, no, it's the social outcasts. And it's just, it's, just a bunch of, it's just a bunch of random dudes dressed differently. And they all run into the ring, you know, and, like, I'm asking the guys, I'm like, is this serious? And they're like, we don't even, we've never seen them. And, I, like, that's such, isn't that such an indictment of, like, the way wrestling is now? Because back in the day, you knew everyone. Everyone had a story. They didn't just have to dress a bunch of big guys up and send them in the ring to get immediately because they just all got up, didn't they, Ben? They just got eliminated like right away. Yeah, and I mean, we knew who they were, but they were basically people that fell all the way to the bottom from the mid card, and they just threw, put them in a stable together so that they can cause trouble. Yeah. But eventually, they'll all get destroyed. Yeah, I'm like, the, no one gives a shit stable. The jobber, the, yeah. it's like the job squad. <laughs> job squad. Yeah. Me <laughs> on our back since birth. Um, you know, actually, I've, I've, I didn't see the event in question. That'll be a, a common thread with the WWE programming. But once again, I, I feel bad for the talent, but it, 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 wrestling used to be populated by a bunch of wild Indians and cowboys and people who, who you know, were the masters of their own destiny and and they weren't just given characters to play. It, it, Nature Boy Ric Flair, the, the, the person he most resembles in the world is Nature Boy Ric Flair. 
or Stone Cold Steve Austin or whatever. You know, now guys are given characters to play. They have to walk on eggshells because they're afraid that someone will be offended at something they say in the locker room. And and, and everybody is t- – the last thing I want to pay to see is a timid pro wrestler coming out. Going, I'm not sure if this is me or not. I sh- Oh, I'm so I'm so intimidated by the crowd. I'm sure the guys. The, I'm sure the guys in the social outcasts were real into those characters, man. That's a <laughs> it's like, it's we're like the social outcasts. No one understands Shakespeare and Roll for sure. I'm the see, weird, socially awkward guy at parties. I can see the drunken peasants having a uh, an eight man tag with the social outcasts. Yes. Oh yeah, we do. We it. will take them on. Group. Hell yeah. I think we the, can beat them. The, 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 win, the winner of the match proves that they're the most unpopular group in society. <laughs> We're going to kick their fucking ass, dude. That trophy <laughs> is mine. I mean, it, TJ is uh, is six foot six, so, you know, he, he might well, be I able to contend. Tell, I just see the picture of him, he's sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also a fat, lazy fuck, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, so you got I, that going. I ain't done nothing with it, with it so. It's true. Yeah, the social outcast. Don't we have a God, few? Uh, we have a few questions from that. fans that uh, yeah. we wanted that you know. You have fans. Would... Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's actually uh, there's actually four thousand four hundred people watching this live right now. Not all fans though, Ben. Some of them hate us. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of them are haters. Certainly, many of those people are in Bolivia or somewhere where they are starved for true entertainment. <laughs> and and we're being forced to watch this on some some dictator screen. Shh! Don't reveal Are our there secrets, 4, Jim. Are there four hundred people in the in the world that have made the conscious decision to to watch and or listen to this program of their own free will without being forced? Yes. For, for, for what masochistic purpose? We can only suspect. Yeah, we were, our standards are so low. We even had Jim Cornette on here one time. Yeah. Oh, shit. Hold on. Hold on. I got, got some fan questions here. Ja- this is from oh. Jamie. Jamie asks, uh, what's your opinion on insane championship wrestling in Glasgow? You know, actually, I was over in the UK uh, two years ago this month and met Mark Dallas, who's the promoter of ICW. And. I, you know, I haven't watched the product closely. I've seen some of it. I, I've met a couple of the guys while I was over there on the tour. Um, but I admire the fact that they have fought against the tide and they have gotten bigger than any any other UK-based promotions have over the last couple of years. They just sold out a, a nearly a 5,000-seat arena. Uh, they've grown steadily, and they, they've gotten a ton of publicity, and, and they've grown steadily since they got started. So I'm... I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at a, at a wrestling promotion actually starting small and getting big. Instead, usually it's the other way around. You know, I perfected, <laughs> I perfected the way to make five million dollars in the, in the professional wrestling industry. You know how? Start with ten million. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. All right. That. Someone wants to know what happened to your former co-host on the Jim Cornette Experience. Uh, well, I've ha- I've had a couple now. I had an interim, but uh, co-host, but the original co-host. Let's put it this way: I believe that she she was tired of being a public figure and chose instead anonymity, rather than the the harsh glare of the social media spotlight. 
I could definitely understand that. It is a harsh mistress. It, um, yes, it is. How do you feel about NXT and their efforts to bring popular upcoming international talent in front of the American television audience? Well, I, th I think NXT was a great idea when several other people had it originally, which is, is start a promotion based on the best in-ring talent uh, around the world. And, and Ring of Honor was doing the same thing years ago. And uh, it's just uh, now, f unfortunately, for the competition, NXT is set up as a training facility for the WWE. So now there is a touring wrestling promotion that has access to the best international talent and their whole business model is set up to where they don't have to make a profit. So that's going to be dangerous for anybody trying to compete with them because they have the money to sign up any talent they want around the world and they can do anything they want basically and don't have to make any money at it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they have Nakamura now and I, he was one of the bigger wrestlers in Japan. So they're just pulling in everyone they can get at this point. Colton asks, um, do you think the way the WWE is handled right now that it will end up like WCW? God, no. Uh, say what you want about the product, the organizational capabilities of the WWE and the, the empire that Vince McMahon has put together. are They have a, they have a great television production facility. They have great uh, infrastructure in their front office and feelers around the world with a variety of businesses and revenue streams. They may not put out great wrestling in the next little while, but they're never going to go out of business. So, um, you know, if we want to see a better quality product, like what could we possibly do? Do we just have to wait for Vince to die or what? That would probably help because he will not, he'll not retire. He'll, he'll, and even then I, I refuse to believe that there, there's exists in the world, anything that can kill Vince McMahon. It's like, you know, uh, nuclear war and cockroaches. He'll still be around, but, uh, you know, I think triple H when he eventually takes over and I still can't believe Vince let his daughter marry a wrestler. When triple H takes over, uh, you will see a more NXT approach to wrestling uh, or to sports entertainment, but it'll still be sports entertainment because you can only go so far back. But it, at least things will make a little bit more sense and probably have more long-term planning. Vince, for whatever reason, just likes to change uh, direction midstream and, and change his mind at the drop of a hat. And if, if you're not wearing a hat, he'll find one and then drop it for you. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, until until Vince passes on before... The in-ring is, is, is as important to the upper echelon of the WWE as until the stake is as important as the sizzle is what I'm trying to yeah. say. There you go, yeah. Is, uh, is Southern-style wrestling, the, the kind of wrestling that my, my granddaddy was into, it, it's dead, right? It's never coming back. We're never going to get that again. Well, no, because when, when you when you parody something long enough, you can't get people to take it seriously again. And... Southern style wrestling, and I'll take it because it's a compliment, but it's it's become to be another uh, another phrase or another title or another word for just old style pro wrestling that was presented as legitimate and believable that a couple of guys really were mad at each other and were fighting about something. Uh, because in the South, particularly, pro wrestling was uh, almost every Southern territory had quality pro wrestling and they had a great talent and they had inventive stipulation matches to keep the people coming back in smaller population areas 
where it was the big cities like New York and, and Los Angeles, although Chicago was a hell of a wrestling town for a hundred years. Uh, it, it was the bigger cities that had the eh, a little bit more hippodromic wrestling, a little bit more hyperbole and less in the, in the quality. Uh, so Southern wrestling has kind of gotten, gotten the, gotten to be the, the, the description of real old fashioned. We want to believe this shit wrestling. And, and I will take that because they were they're very good at it down here, down South, but well, you can't. To answer your question again, you can't parody something on every other channel and, and have one person presenting it seriously and people go, oh, okay. Once that they're making fun of, of wrestling uh, on every channel, you, you pretty much can't present it seriously again. I was smoking the opium for a while <laughs> that you could, you know, but, uh, but you can't. Yeah, I mean, the, the wrestling promotion, because I grew up in the North, the wrestling promotion my parents and grandparents were familiar with was out of Detroit, the big-time wrestling with The Sheik and, the Sheik. and uh, Bobo yes. Brazil. And, and you know, and once again, that's that's The Sheik was a classic example of taking things w- too far with the violence. He was a, <laughs> a, well, no, he was a huge draw all over the country when he would go into a territory and he'd make an appearance or two a couple of times a year, go in for a week and come back out for a few months. But in Detroit, when he never lost and he and he was always in, in the main event and always on top for years and years and years, and he carved people up with bloody messes week after week after week, sooner or later, you can't top that. It's like the old Daffy Duck cartoon where he drinks the the uh the you know the exploding mixture and he blows himself up yes. and he's floating up to heaven and he says and bugs is like wow daffy what an act that's great and he's yeah but daffy says but what do i do for an encore there's no way to follow it after that it's called hot shotting it's, and it's, and when you do that you burn your audience out it's it is a lot like uh, i mean the sheik's uh, finishing move was to breathe a fireball into his opponent's face right Yes, he he fried a lot of people. Yeah, I I don't know if you can top that as a finisher, <laughs> but now now they would no sell it, you know, like it doesn't even oh, matter. Yeah, now, now it it would have to be the guy's on fire while he's falling off the balcony through a flaming table of thumbtacks, <laughs> and the AIDS infected hypodermic needles are placed <laughs> in a circle around the ring. Jim, who had the best finisher of all time, in your opinion? Oh my gosh! Um, you know, there's been so many classic ones, and 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 each one of them that was really good fit the guy that was delivering it. But I, you know, whether it was Jerry Lawler and the pile driver that he gave Andy Kaufman, or or Nature Boy Ric Flair and the figure four leg lock, woo, where he could he could sit up and and smile and 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 woo while he was putting the hold on the guy because it was with his legs not his arms he could fluff his hair at the same time <laughs> that was great that was a great finish hold for Rick. but it depends you know anything that that fit the guy's image that fit the guy's character is his gimmick as they say you can't give us one that you looked at and you just were like man that's the stuff that's the pinnacle every 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 other finisher is gonna have to top this motherfucker well, I, I was kind of uh, partial to the uh, the double goozle of the Midnight Express, but we had so many. We had the rocket launcher and the flapjack, and and, <laughs> and 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 the double goozle and and divorce court. It doesn't just separate the shoulder; it divorces it. You know, so many. It's it's hard. It's hard to narrow with the grave digger. It is hard to narrow one down. 
Yeah, they don't have good finishers anymore. In yeah, sense. I liked uh, Kerry Von Erich's discus punch. That was one of my favorites. And and Randy Savage elbow drop, for sure. Well, the Savage elbow is, is classic and evergreen. The the one that the one that I always think of when people are talking finishers that I can't get out of my fucking head, even if it was probably the weakest finisher ever, was Socko, man. <laughs> well, you know, the the Socko originally came before the sock was added. It, it was mankind's mandible claw. Yeah. And and that was actually that was stolen. You're talking to the person. Who you know? Because when you when you when you steal from one person, it's it's plagiarism. When you steal from many, it's research, right? <laughs> right. Well, I I researched the mandible claw from its original user to give to mankind as a finishing move because he was asking me what what kind of move can I give to anybody, whether they weigh two hundred pounds or five hundred pounds, I can do it to any opponent. I said, hmm, because have you ever heard of Doctor Sam Shepard? I've never heard of him. No. Dr. Dr. Sam Shepard was the Cleveland osteopath in the mid-50s that was accused of murdering his wife. It was the inspiration for the the TV series, later the movie The Fugitive. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he was sentenced to prison, convicted by a jury of his peers and sentenced to prison. But then he, he appealed and he got a, another trial. And on that one, he was acquitted and he was let out. It was a famous book, a famous – one of the – the biggest criminal cases in, in uh, American justice of the 50s. And after he left prison, Dr. Sam Shepard married the daughter of a wrestler and became a pro wrestler himself and used the mandible claw because wow. of his int- intricate knowledge of the human anatomy. He was able to put his fingers into a man's mouth and press down on the, the palate and the nerves that would literally paralyze a human being and leave him uh, a complete sitting duck, a victim, if you will, to any... Anything that may be able to be done to him. Dr. Sam Shepard, a murderer, used that hold. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, can, you, can you go back to announcing, Jim? Can you save the <laughs> WWE, please? Wait, now I just that made you, you, brought, I just, you brought so much good heat right there. That's gold. I, like I just make, made you more interested in that hold from a guy that you'd never heard of before than any, any maneuver that you've just seen in wrestling over the last... <laughs> That's sad but true. I liked Mick Foley's Cactus Jack finisher when he would do the elbow to the outside of the ring. That yeah, was a but that, good one. that's why he walks up the stairs crooked now. Uh, see? Yeah. I, I thought it was falling through cages and, and shit like that that did that to him. Well, all of that contributed. But see, I was trying to prolong his career because of all the things that he ever did, the mandible claw was not only the safest for, for himself, but his opponent as well. See, so I was trying to, I was trying to in, in, in lengthen everyone's career instead of shorten these careers. And even I'm always though, thinking about mileage. I'm getting mileage. Mileage. <laughs> even, even though the Mandible Claw and Socko were really kind of low energy, low talent maneuvers, I remember watching them, and they brought they brought, like man when that sock came out, you knew shit was about to go down. The whole fucking audience <laughs> went nuts. You know what I mean? That's all it really takes, isn't it? Sometimes. Hey, it, it, I think actually mankind got more applause pulling out his sock than, than even the Red Hot Chili Peppers did pulling out <laughs> theirs. <laughs> Now, see, it's Dr. Sam Shepard. You don't know who the fuck he is, but the chili peppers and the socks on the dicks instantly, boom, everybody's with yep. him there. So I know what kind of crowd this is now. Children of the 90s. Some lo- you're on a lowbrow show, dog. 
This is a lowbrow Boy, show. I'll tell you, I'm surprised you guys don't have scabs on your knuckles from dragging the pavement. Oh, my God. <laughs> CM, C, CM Punk, uh, UFC, what do you think? I can't wait to see it. I'm going to buy the pay-per-view, and I don't buy a lot of pay-per-views. I don't feel like giving people $60 to watch them do anything. Every once in a while, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> Ronda Rousey, I, I'll, I'll give her $60 to watch her in action, so to speak. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I will watch, and CM Punk is going to draw a crowd, and that's what a lot of the fighters don't understand in, in the UFC and in mixed martial arts. They're, they're purists. And they think, oh, this CM Punk, he's getting where he is just because he's a celebrity. Well, well, of course he is. But Dana White's a businessman, and he's a promoter. The last thing that promoters usually turn down is money. And he realizes that CM Punk will sell him a lot of pay-per-views and get a lot of attention, a lot of notoriety, and that's what he exactly what he wants. And whether win or lose, he's going to win because he's fulfilling a bucket list thing. And 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 he's actually – he's he's – He's going to get a payoff to do it, a hell of a payoff, I'm sure, because I'm sure that, that Punk has a piece of whatever pay-per-view uh, revenue comes in, if he's as smart as I think he is. So, and, and, and plus, the people are going to get a show of some kind one way or the other. So I think everybody wins. Punk wins. Dana White wins. The fans win. Who could be grumpy about that? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it, too. I, I had a question uh, for you about something that happened a few years ago. Um are you familiar with the press conference that happened that supposedly Jim Ross was the head of and Ric Flair showed up pretty wasted and Jim Ross ended up getting fired for Ric Flair getting wasted? I, I've, I have heard this story, yes. I'm familiar with this story. How, how do you feel about it? <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel? Killing puppies. I'm against it. Yeah. Well, that's basically, uh, it's, it's no secret. The, the story went out. It, it was a situation where it was a, a, it wasn't a press conference. It was kind of like, a, it was a, a sponsor. I can't remember who one of the it was video, a video game, video yeah. game was rolled out and they had a symposium and there were a number of the talents on the, on the stage. And Jr. was the, the moderator of the, the panel discussion and the, the Nate Ric Flair had, had, uh, I'm sure had a couple of sociable cocktails and <laughs> actually from all accounts, because I only saw part of the video, I tried to watch the whole thing on the internet and it was, it was what did the kids call it buffering. It yeah. pissed me off. It wouldn't, it wouldn't load properly. So I saw part of it, but basically I heard from a lot of people that flair hijacked the program, that he was the most entertaining, wildest ass storyteller. Boy, he was having a good time and he was just telling and everybody loved it. Except the sponsors, actually the sponsors even loved it, but the the, yeah. the WWE did not, uh, and and so they got mad at at Flair and and made Jim Ross retire. I don't uh, like you know you, you can somehow restrain Nature Boy Ric Flair from <laughs> Nature Boy Ric Flair in a public place with nobody else. The previous forty years has been able to do that, so I don't see why they thought Jim Ross would have. But well, I mean, you know, there's always. In the WWE, there's always people looking for a way to turn a negative into a positive. And something happens that we don't like. Let's figure out some way to blame somebody that we want to blame for it and that we want to get out of the way so that we can do something else we want to do and we'll turn a, a negative into a positive. And that's what they do. They, they figure out some way to blame somebody that they're mad at and, and at least kill two birds with one stone. 
So you think there was ulterior motives? Uh, yeah. I think so well, too. Yeah, they, I, they, pretty they, clearly. They, they pretty clearly. Trying, they've been trying to replace Jim Ross for years because none of the other I understand that that they want to move on and have someone else as the face of their programming. The problem is is they're never going to find anyone that the fans like as much as Jim Ross. He's he's the John Madden if you're a football fan of of pro wrestling and and people love him and they they've kept trying to replace him instead of letting him slide into a legends category gracefully they kept trying to replace him and force the people to like someone else which just made them then like Jim Ross more and then so then they'd get mad at JR cuz damn him for being so popular uh you know it's it's just it's 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 damned if you do and 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 damned if you go on vacation you you never know Yeah, I thought that that was pretty strange, but I'm I mean there there had been times before that they had gotten rid of him as well when he was uh having health problems. And I I think you I think I've heard people say Vince doesn't like southern accents. Oh and, yeah, well uh, that's a, that's not that we were too southern when JR and I were teamed together on commentary up there. We were too southern cuz we <laughs> both had But it's a different kind of south. I'm from Kentucky, he's from Oklahoma. Completely different, you know, I've never heard of any anybody as they said, oh, he's 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 too northern. But yet they've had some people with some 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 strong northern accents up there, which well, you know as a as a guy that grew up on JR and and just listened to the Royal Rumble, the dudes they have now are the most samey sounding, douchey, like no heat announcers I've ever heard. They I I, I found myself wishing they'd just shut up because they were at, at, at most of the match, they were just giving a dry play-by-play. Like, yeah, man. One of the great things about one of the, one of, one of the, when we actually went and saw uh, the um, the pay-per-view, uh, like we went and saw it in person. We we're like, well, you know, even if it sucks, at least Dude, we don't have to listen to fucking uh, the Michael crowd Cole. commentary is better. It really is better than the fucking <laughs> shit they're saying. Like we're next to some guy. It's like, and like one of the uh, the female wrestlers bent over. He's like, "Damn, got my money's worth." <laughs> and we're just like, "Okay, yeah, he's he's better than the fucking guys. They have their pain to do this shit." Yeah, I mean, we even did. We even made a few videos where we took a wrestling video game and made characters of ourselves in it, and then did our own commentary over it. And people were saying that's better than what they hear now. I think they were just being kind to you. Actually, no, no, no. They were just- <laughs> They just no. didn't want to hurt your feelings because they thought, look, this guy looks like he could be on the, the edge of a precipice any moment. If I say the wrong thing, he's very fragile, very fragile uh, in, in, in terms <laughs> of his not psyche. The internet, that, that's not any Internet comment section no. I've ever heard of. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want you to hang yourself in your closet. No, they no that was supposed to be the exact opposite. Like, eat, shit, and die. Hang yourself in your closet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, our fans. Are, did fuck. Our fans are definitely not now. doing. Our fans are definitely not doing anything nice just because they're a bunch of assholes. They would tell us if it sucked. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it fucking sucks, bro. They'd be like, "This sucks, and you should all die in a fire." It's like, okay, we'll try to do better next Stick time. To what you're good at, DP. <laughs> okay. I all think right. yes, you know your your fans do uh, strike me as people who would who would who would do that, 
They they yes. would cheer the the hunter that shot Bambi's mother is what they, they would. would. <laughs> They're scum fucks. Now I think Jim You're will be watching a from bunch now of on. scum fucks right there. I think we've won Jim over, and now he will watch every episode. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna yes. go back. He's gonna go back and look at our entire back catalog yep. and be like, God damn, where's this podcast? Been be like, what have life? I done with my life? I should have been. Well, on you pod. know, the, the, you guys, you asked me if I came on the program just to give you a little respect, and I hope I've given you as little respect as I possibly could. <laughs> I hope that means something to you at, at this point. Yes, it cool. does. Yeah, thank you. The little bit that we got does mean a lot. As little as possible. A little possible. bit goes a long way. Jim, was Yokozuna a very sensitive guy in private? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he wasn't really a thin-skinned kind of guy. He, you know, he he could he could definitely take it, take a take a grip. He, 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 he wasn't going to get too easily easily offended. Because I, I heard a, I heard a no. story. TJ, do you want to tell the story that you told me about Yokozuna, or was it Ben? I think I told it to you, but I don't. I don't want to because he he probably already knows the story, and if if I tell it wrong, he's gonna be jumping down my throat. So I don't know. Well, but I, I, did I hear, don't know how to answer this. I did hear a story though about uh, Yokozuna breaking a fucking toilet. <laughs> and that did happen one time. That 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 took place one time. But but these in in his defense, these hotel toilets. You never know who's going to be sitting on them or what they're going to be doing to them, how they're going to be treated. And one crack, and then you put that much weight on it, and, and things can go south in a hurry. Yeah, wow. But I heard he was crying. I heard that from... I, uh, I, who was telling the story? It was... It was... Um, fuck, who was it? Out of your like, story. I, I feel like it was Shawn Michaels that was telling the story. Huh. Well, and what was Shawn Michaels doing in the same room that Yokozuna was taking a shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, That's a real mystery. What is I he, the Forrest Gump of, of, of toilet accidents? <laughs> every time, every time somebody it. has a toilet a, a squad on the shitter. It wouldn't be a Go ahead, Ben. Sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I heard that Shawn Michaels used to fuck with Vader all the time, though. And Vader was was actually kind of sensitive about it because Shawn Michaels was always fucking with him all the time. Well, yes, it, it, because Vader got over by being Vader, which is basically by beating the shit out of people, yeah. right? <laughs> and Shawn Michaels was such a pussy about it. One time, Vader rolls out of the ring, and he's red-faced and sweating. I go, what in the world was all that? I saw him having some kind of issue in the ring. He's, he told me if I pulled his hair like that one more time, it'd be my job. He'd get me fired, and he's mad, and I'm like, oh, my God. It was just, it was horrible. It was like, it, it was more like a, a Jerry Springer show than a than a ringside at a wrestling match whenever I was managing Vader against Shawn Michaels. It, it remained to be seen whether... Vader would get upset because Michaels was giving him a tongue lashing or whether Michaels would get upset because Vader was kicking the shit out of him. I have a Shawn Michaels-related question, actually. Uh, why do you think Vince McMahon gave Shawn Michaels such a huge push when he usually prefers, like, the large powerhouse-type wrestlers, you know, as, as the face of the company? Well, I can—you know, I have no— 
problem with the push that Vince McMahon gave Shawn Michaels as far as Shawn Michaels was an incredible performer in the ring, the best performer in the business, probably. So if that all being equal, he should have been pushed like that. The problem was Shawn Michaels was such an uncircumcised prick and such a <laughs> pill head and such a cancer in the locker room and such a problem child and always not dependable, never wanted to lose a championship, always wanted to find a way out of it. If he has to lose his smile and take his belt and go home, or him and the rest of his boys' treehouse club holding the locker room hostage and pitting the wrestlers against each other in these cliques, uh, I don't know why Vince McMahon put up with it. it was, I was mentioning it to Jerry Jarrett, who's the promoter that started me. He's one of the smartest guys, one of the guys that's had more success for more uh, more longer of a period of time than almost anybody in wrestling. And I said, if you had guys like that, like Michaels and, and the click, what would you have done, Jerry? And he said, well, it would have been like the day after they shot president Kennedy, we would have got up and we would have been sorry. He was gone, but life would continue. I'd have fired his ass is what he said, but Vince <laughs> McMahon would not fire Shawn Michaels, no matter how much Shawn Michaels fucked up. And I don't understand that. Well, you know, I remember one time we were watching, um, what pay-per-view was that, Ben? Like, Shawn Michaels was basically, like, doing this weird, like, almost stripper-esque dance on the table for, like, On the announce table. Shit. Yeah. In front of Vince. Seemed kind of <laughs> intimate, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I was just putting two and two together in my mind, but, you know, I never met these guys, and obviously Jim no, has. I, believe me, if, if there was anything to it, I'd be glad to bring that up also. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, sure it's mere urban legend. You sure they weren't just hiding it well, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's like the fucking idiots that think 9/11 was an inside job. The fucking president of the United States couldn't keep it a secret that he got a blowjob from a fat intern when the only ones there were her and him. You think they're going to be able to keep it secret that they blew up their own buildings? <laughs> A lot of people yeah, but, give the United States government yeah, too but, much you know, credit for intelligence. But, Vin, but you know, Shawn Michaels blowing Vince in a dark room somewhere is not as hard to cover up as 9-11, you know? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it might be harder to cover up than a Lewinsky in the coat room. Maybe. But, you know, it's it, only reason they got caught is because that bitch fucking brought the... I have his DNA on my jacket. It's like, you fucking <laughs> traitorous bitch. The blue dress. The president lets you blow him and you use it the fucking dress to hang him with. You fucking spiteful cunt. Oh, well. You know, that's that's the thing. If, if that had been American Dad, uh, then alarm bells would have rung and uh, immediately a, 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 a squad from Langley would have been dispatched to get that, that dress out of her closet. Hell yeah. Jim, do you have a presidential candidate uh, for this coming election? I'm feeling like? the burn, baby. I'm feeling the burn. So are we. Well, here's the thing. Hillary Clinton is the only Democrat probably in the world that I wouldn't vote for. Same uh, for just me. Well, not, I don't know if she's the only Democrat I wouldn't vote for, but she's definitely one well, of them. Republicans usually run against Democrats. Democrats usually run against Republicans. When faced with a choice of a, of a dead Democrat or a live Republican, I'll vote for the corpse and hope for the best that he can be reanimated because at least then there's still hope that he'll vote correctly on uh, at least some of the time. Uh, so any Democrat will get my nod over a Republican, but I, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I just, I no. we've had enough Bushes and enough Clintons and uh, we need a little Bernie Sanders to shake people up. 
I'm with you. Uh, I'd actually I'm, do something for somebody. I'm probably the most cynical of the group, maybe. I don't know. TJ might be a little more cynical than me at times. But let me just give you a scenario here, Jim, okay? Here's how I think it's going down. Number one, Trump is already the nominee. Let's stop talking about the other guys. He's already won. That's the way I feel about it. It comes down to Trump and Hillary in my mind. Who do you vote for? Do you abstain from voting? What do you do? Well, you only rib yourself if you abstain from voting because then the people who are not going to abstain from voting are the are the rich, old, white fuckwads that uh, will continue to keep these conservative cocksuckers in office. And then we'll get nowhere. So in, if it comes down to Hillary and Trump, then I think you, you have to vote Hillary just because, once again, like a broken clock, she might be right twice a day. But at least we wouldn't have a complete out-and-out megalomaniac uh, in, in the office of the, the most powerful man in the, in the, the, in the world. I don't uh, know. You don't, you don't think Hillary's a megalomaniac? Yeah, but uh, an out-and-out megalomaniac, I said. At least she can hide it a little bit. I don't know. I'd rather I, it all I be out in the open at that point, man. You know. I don't know. I just wonder who Trump will get us in trouble with first. I just, I, you know. Uh, and and here's the sad thing. Our show is going to be a lot more entertaining if we get President Trump, though. In, so at least from an entertainment standpoint, we'll prosper. Sorry, go ahead. 300 million people, and the two best that we can do are Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. That's why America should just vote for Trump, because he's like the cyanide capsule that's like, all right, America's <laughs> over. Trump is the cyanide pill. Yeah, but you know, Hillary has been fucking oscillating around for years, planting the seeds. Like, is she going to run? So she's been fucking grooming herself for the last eight years, especially after uh, Obama beat her. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to watch Hillary groom herself, much like any other cat laying <laughs> in the corner of the room. Uh, she can groom herself in private, but uh, I think the 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 seventy-something-year-old Jewish guy I think has, has has the best idea, or at least he's the one that I trust to be the most sane, have the most common sense. Of course, he'll be like the black guy. He's not going to get anything done because Republicans are still going to block everything if Sanders does get elected. In, until we literally get rid of the Republicans and the Tea Party fucks out of government entirely. It will not function again because they feel like they have to take up for the hillbilly faction in the world. Uh, they're, they're working for the corporations, but they're doing the bidding of the rednecks. So that, that the government's going to be held hostage by that faction until we just get rid of them entirely and take them out of the equation. So how do we do it? Do we just like bomb the next Transformers movie or something? <laughs> I think maybe you know. Well, maybe just as you know, one of those drones, a little drone strike. You know, maybe Transformers like Ten, bomb it all. That's that's why they're all stockpiling all the guns, right? Because the the government is going to send drones after Billy Bob when he comes out of the Jiffy Lube. You know, he's he's got his militia card and he's armed to the teeth and the drone. <clears throat> Bam, nah, fuck that. Just poison Mountain Dew. Just poison Mountain Dew. We'll take care of that. We'll take care of that oh, problem. Oh yeah, that's true. They all drink Mountain yeah, Dew. Yeah, dude. Just poison Mountain Dew. You're all rednecks drink Mountain put, Dew. Put, put, put that that chemical that that uh, chemically castrates the sex offenders. Put that in the moon pie uh, <laughs> supply, and 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 then pretty much you you put an end to the Republican Party in a generation. Sweet. Jim, I wanted to. <laughs> The moon pie. <laughs> the moon pie supply, man. Oh, man. You caught me slipping. Oh, they're so nasty. Yeah. 
I, I wanted to say about the whole, you, you were talked earlier briefly about abstaining from voting and how you're hamstringing yourself. Are you really at this point, though? Because if you really, you're a straight shooter, Jim. I know you've got to be sick to death of playing the lesser of two evils game when you vote. Aren't well, you yeah, sick but, of not having a fucking candidate? But actually, we did the last two, uh, the last two uh, presidential elections. Barack Obama was clearly the 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 man and the, and the right choice. And and was he though? I, I I think he was because I wish he'd have been able to do more. I wish that he would would have adopted what the Republicans adopted a lot of times when they would just say "fuck you." We've got the majority, and we're doing. When he had the majority, we're doing this. He tried to work with people who didn't want to work with him. He tried to to reach across the aisle to a bunch of nutcases who'd rather shut the government down and let a woman have an abortion. Um, I think he could a lot more, got a lot more done if he'd have just said, fuck it, I'm going to do what I, I'm going to do should have been while more I like got Bush. the ability. Exactly. He should have been more like Bush, only nothing like Bush, and then it would have been great. But when yeah. you think about it, the, the Barack Obama presidency has been the best since Kennedy. And and if if you you can go back and look and say, well, who was who was the disproof of this? Lyndon Johnson. He carried on some of Kennedy's uh, policies. He got civil rights passed basically because of the Kennedy assassination. Uh, but he didn't even run for his second term when he could have. Nixon. No further discussion necessary. Ford. I think not. Carter. He's done more since he left the office than he did while he was in office. Reagan started this whole thing. And can we also remember we had a big recession as a result of Reaganomics in 87. The, the, then Bush, the first Bush, who got in basically because people Reagan still had people uh, uh, snowed with the good promo, which brings us to Clinton. He did pretty good, and he left us with the biggest surplus in modern memory. Uh, except he got the blowjob, you know, so there you got that going for, and then the other Bush for fuck's sake. So <laughs> tell me why Barack Obama's not the best president since, since Kennedy. It's I'll not very stiff why. competition though. I'll Go tell ahead. you why. Do it. I'll tell you why he doesn't deserve yep. that title over some of them other fucking guys because Barack <laughs> Obama, Barack Obama sold himself on change and hope and, and really going <laughs> in and shaking things up and he governed his entire presidency like a typical fucking Democrat, simpering, capitulating, rolling over backwards, taking it up the ass again and again and going, well, I tried, but we couldn't get it done. <laughs> he was the same vanilla fucking bullshit politician that Hillary's going to be. It's all fucking garbage. He was just vanilla just in a chocolate shell. I'm, t I'm, tired, yeah, I'm tired of picking between garbage and garbage, man. And the Democratic Party at this point, how do I, as a fucking leftist, throw my support behind that? Yeah, Hillary is not very left. She, she's, she's uh, as a matter of fact, she's like my Uncle Ned. My Uncle Ned worked in a fireworks factory. There was an explosion one night, blew his whole left side off. But he's all right now. <laughs> I've heard that one before. That's like a that's like the kind of groaner I use to torture Scotty and Ben. But when you say it, they're like, ha ha ha, polite laughter. Yeah, yeah. he fell in a glass grinding machine and made a spectacle of himself. But guys, I t <laughs> at, at this point, that's a better I've one. I've got another few minutes. I told you, I'm I'm on my way. I'm starting my Jim Cornette Spring Fling tour this weekend in Raleigh, North Carolina, and Spartanburg, South Carolina on Friday and Saturday. I'm leaving in the morning because it's snowing, so I've got about 10 more minutes 
to hang with the program here. And for that, I want the big questions. I want the, the controversial subject matter. Bring out the big Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, the link to Jim's website is in the description of the video, uh, jimcornet.com. What about... You can find out everything there. Everything. Absolutely. You can read read my columns, get my merchandise, find out my road schedule. Everything is up there except my tax returns and, and the dispensation of the last few court cases I was involved in. Even Even pictures of his penis can be found there. One question Everything. I had for you, uh, Jim, is did you did you mean it when you, when you said that you felt that Vince Russo was responsible for Owen Hart's death? Yeah, well, yes, I, did. I didn't say that. And by the way, and then everybody goes, oh, he says Russo killed. I didn't say Russo killed Owen. I said Russo was responsible for his death because if not for Russo wanting him to wear that ridiculous blue blazer outfit and and enter from the ceiling, he wouldn't have been up there in the first place. If he'd have been walking down the aisle, nothing would have happened. So did he kill him on purpose? No. Is he responsible for him being up there? Yes. I'd like to know who else. It wasn't Owen's idea. Who else said, Owen, you ought to come enter the ring from the ceiling 100 feet up in the air. It'll be a hoot. (laughs) So, but I mean, uh, Sting used to do that all the time. He never, you know, fell to his death. Well, that's because he actually a had people that knew how to do it right, and b I guess he was lucky because once again, there's nothing worse in wrestling than 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 wrestlers trying to be com- comedians uh, because it usually turns out <laughs> bad. And there's nothing worse in wrestling than writers trying to tell the wrestlers how to be wrestlers and how to enter the ring or how to talk or what to wear. Guys need to learn how to get themselves over and sell themselves to the people and either get heat with the people or get over and get popular with the people, but in some way get a reaction out of people instead of having writers tell them what to do or who to be. And Russo was another example of that. And he made no good contributions to the business. He, he made a lasting impression on the wrestling business in a negative way in terms of the careers that he shortened, uh, the bad gimmicks that he gave out that killed some people's careers entirely, the, the, the bad angles that he did that immuned people to, to watching angles because they saw one right after another right after another on his television. He contributed nothing. He left burnt ground in his wake. And I will never be a fan of his. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, I'm sorry. Yes. Did, did he kill Owen Hart? No. Is he responsible for his death? Yes. If it wasn't for Vince fucking Russo, Owen wouldn't have been up there to begin with. So that to me means he's responsible because it was a stupid thing to be doing that added nothing to the ticket sales or the pay-per-view sales or the, it it didn't do anything for anybody. It was just a, a hoot to be forgotten a moment later and it went way, way wrong and it shouldn't have been going on. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like uh, the character he was portraying at that point was even like popular or something. You know, he was like, uh, like it kind was of a, a real, heel, it but was a, it was a joke. It was he didn't a even joke. Have, he it didn't even have real like heel mechanic. Like he didn't even really have like that much heat or anything. Yeah, I, I believe he had performed as the Blue Blazer several years previous to that, and he was. They were rehashing the character as a joke. Yes, it it, it was it yeah. was a joke because he had done that when he was a young kid. It was it had been like. The late 80s, so seven or eight years before that, eight or nine years before that. And it was a a joke, like an inside joke that, well, everybody will remember Owen was the Blue Blazer, even though they didn't. Um, 
And it just, it was, it was unnecessary. It was taking a main event talent and putting him in a stupid preliminary opening match gimmick. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So yes. you had to get me stirred up, didn't you, huh? Yeah. I, well, you said you wanted the controversial questions. We've, we've actually had a guest on the show here a few times who's actually a friend of Vince Russo's. They do some sort of... Now, see, uh, I find this hard to believe. Vince Russo <laughs> doesn't have any friends. Well, I or an associate of Vince Russo. All right. Well, we'll he does at least. Yeah. yeah. And, and he... Uh, he did bring up a few issues that he had with you. It, it's kind of funny that that we mentioned that you would be on the show, and uh, we got a ton of people asking us to just go get Vince Russo and bring him on. Like we can just pull Vince Russo out of thin air yeah, and just have pull him, him out of our oh, deck oh, oh, of guests. On. Like, are you kidding? If if you gave him the chance, Vince Russo would open a gas station. Vince Russo will do anything. He's so desperate. He, <laughs> he'd, he'd do anything that would attract any attention from anybody. He invented water. He invented air. He'll do anything to attract any attention from anybody. But see, then the, the, the problem would become that once that I was uh, assaulted with the, the sight of him, I would immediately bow out from participating because I've said above all else that it's my, my mission in life to make sure that Vince Russo doesn't rape the wrestling business for one more dime of, 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 of income or one more uh, statement of... of of notoriety and and anytime that I'm offered the opportunity to work with Vince Russo for any large amount of money to do anything face to face I always ask how much and then turn it down <laughs> and now go and call Vince Russo and tell him how much money I just cost him that time <laughs> That's awesome. Uh one last question before we let you go. I'm I'm wondering how you feel about Triple H being made the champion now. Um <laughs> Well, you know, actually, Kevin Sullivan, who's I, I do my my podcast, the Jim Cornette Experience, on MLWRadio.com. But you can go to JimCornette.com and you can find out all about that too. My weekly podcast. But uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan does uh, shows on MLW also, and he called me and left me a message the day after the the, the pay per view where Triple H just won the world championship, and he said, "Jimmy," in a Boston accent, "Jimmy." The guy who walked into my office in WCW in 1995 and quit and resigned because he felt he could never break through the glass ceiling because I wouldn't push the young guys. 20 years later, he just won the world championship. (laughs) (laughs) It's always the same. You know, Triple H to me has always been the guy that worked with the guy that drew the money. Triple H versus Austin. Triple H versus Mankind. Triple H versus The Rock. Triple H versus whoever. It, it, he's the guy that works with the guy that draws the money. If you'd given anybody else the push and the the the, the, the put the promotional machinery behind anybody else's has been put behind Triple H as a member of the family over the last 15 years, you would have literally created someone that was bigger than El Santo rolled up in Antonio Inoki times Carl Gotch. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty much only, guessing. Only, only, the, only the guy wearing the lucha mask actually popped on that one. It's actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carl Gotch, not not too common among uh, any of the other people present. He's the, here. God, he's the god of puro resu. Yeah. For heaven's sake, all you Japanese fans, you're with me anyway. But I, I digress. I do ramble every once in a while. I haven't delved that deeply. All right. 
You're, I heard you're a deep delver from way back. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, once again, the drunken peasants. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed because I've been watching you guys, and, and, and nobody has taken any, any drinks of any alcoholic adult beverages at this point. All right, well, I'll, I'll do this do instead. Like this, is the close, this is as close as I can get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Jim. Well, thank Mazel you very much. Mazel tov. <laughs> You guys look like peasants, but you just won't get drunk. That's the thing. Oh, we drink every once yeah, in a we, while. Yeah, every, we used to do it every show, but we do the show three days a week, and we kind of found that getting drunk three days a week, you know, eventually oh, kind ben, of wears you, on you. You've, you've done it. Yeah, oh, of course I've <laughs> you've done it. You've done it. You, you do this three days a week. Has, has, has anyone ever asked you not to? No. No, actually, they complain when we don't. Yeah, they get really pissed. Like, we didn't do one Monday, and, like, everyone's losing their minds. Where the uh, fuck I, was Monday's show, you piece of shit? I'll tell fuck you this. Fuck you. Hey, that was because we actually were wasted. I'm owed a show. We were wasted then, though. We so. actually were. That was, yeah. We were on too our, wasted to do a show. On, Sorry, our 200, ahead, on our 200th episode, Jim, we all got <laughs> drunk, and TJ, the long-haired, beardy guy... Stuck his fist in my ass live on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I think our, our our credentials for calling ourselves the drunken peasants are pretty clear. I just don't I I, I don't like taking fists in the ass that often. So I I supplement with other intoxicants. You see. I, I'm sorry I asked, and and I appreciate the opportunity <laughs> of having been on the show, and and I'm I'm going to leave to avoid being fisted in public. Uh, <laughs> although it's, it's there's certainly been an experience of all My the programs are not that I've long. ever been on. Well, yeah. of, wow. of all the programs that I've I've ever been a guest on, I can honestly say that this one was certainly one of them. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. We it, leave a lasting impression. <laughs> I, I, I won't be able to get the taste out of my mouth for weeks, I don't think. Well, you're welcome back anytime, Jim. Well, thank yeah, you. You could, I, come. you could be our butler if you want. I, actually, please, please, if, if, if you can at all costs, lose my contact information. I'm going to try to forget that this night ever happened, but I don't know, like a, like a traumatic PTSD survivor, I don't know if I'll able, ever be able to get the, the horribleness and awfulness of this experience Truly out of my mind, but I will try. All right, I think Jim. therapy, years of therapy, years of intensive psychotherapy and analysis await have, me to fully recover from this experience. I have a guy. I could give you his number. All right, Do Jim. Really? Thanks for being on the show. Get the fuck out. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show, dudes, little brothers and brotherettes. And just remember, Cornet Mania is running wild over you, man. <laughs> Sweet. All right, Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Rock on. Peace right, out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm going to get Paul back on. I had to get rid of both of them. Um, yeah, get rid of Paul. He's a fucking liar. Man, I tell you what, man. That fucking Jim Cornette faggot, dude. Terrible. <laughs> terrible interview. Worst we've had. I don't think, you know, do you think Repsion tops him? I mean, you know. Nope. Worse than Repsion. I, oh, it's hard to believe. Worse than any of them. No charisma. Could barely talk. <laughs> yeah, no you know, charisma. I like how you want to turn America basically into, like, death race. Yeah, man. That'd be that was awesome. 
Jim Cornette can direct Death Race fucking 2050, dude. Roger Corman, that's your guy. Jim fucking Cornette, bitch. Should we be mad at Jim? No. Jim took wow. a giant shit on us, man. Yeah, man. We're feuding with Jim now. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to challenge him to a match. All of us yeah. versus him. How, hey, hey, Jim. How about a scaffold match? Oh, yeah. Huh. You want to relive your glory days, Jim? We got a scaffold here in the back. We dropped yeah. off it, bitch. We just happen to have it laying around. I hate to say it, but I think he really did that because of TJ and Paul. It's like me and Ben, he was he seemed cool with us, but when you guys yeah. started talking, he started getting angry. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he didn't like it. I don't know, man. <laughs> just wanna, just wanna throw I was trying there. to introduce the fisting concept to him more gradually, Paul. Yeah. I know we talked last night about how we were going to try to get, get it to where I can fist Jim Cornette and everything. But, you know, oh. you got to broach the subject more delicately. You know, I hate to say this, guys. I really hate to say it. You know, you, never, you know what? Never mind. Okay. Never mind. No one cares what you have to say anyway, Scotty. That's true. That's I know. Oh, yeah, Jim Cornette. All right, he's gone, so let's watch videos. Yeah. That's some fucking Michael Cole commentary, TJ. Jim Cornette is yeah. gone. Let's watch some videos. Uh, these videos are going to be... Uh, it's time to move on, Scotty. Time to move on, TJ. Yeah. Okay. We're not talking about wrestling anymore. Sorry. We're done. I'm sorry, TJ. <laughs> let's just uh, relish in this. Yeah, man. Can we watch it one more time? Yeah, let's okay. watch it again. Let's watch him get injured again. It's going to be sweet. Throw oh, shade at us. We watch your fucking... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll hold do on it. one second. God, Paul, you're always complaining. Ugh, God, Paul just complaining. It's constant bitching. I just want to see Jim Cornette <laughs> hit the fucking mat hard again. Uh, well, we, we can't deprive you. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's see this shit. Let's watch him injure himself. All right, here it is. Don't do it. Oh, this is, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, you can support yourself. That's not that far. It's not that far. Oh! It is pretty far. Oh, dude, I can't believe he did Pop that. goes the ligament. He tried to land, but he fucking got scared. So he tried to land on his feet. That was That's when he fucked up. Yeah. Scotty analyzes the situation with his years of wrestling experience. No, you could no, you could see it like the look of Terry. He's like, should I land on my feet or what should I do? But he should have landed on his back. Should have landed on his fucking head since apparently that's empty. <laughs> Fuck you, Jim Cornette. Oh, whatever. We're enemies now. Oh yeah. You diss my show. I don't think diss my the audience, show. dude. He was healing it up. No, dude, I don't man. think he does the show. I don't think so, dude. I, I could I could hear the sincerity in his voice, dude. I oh, think it's for, <laughs> for real. He was he was pretending to heal it up when telling us what he actually thought. Fuck you, Jim Cornette. I'm on to your game, bitch. Just <laughs> taking things a little seriously, promo. TJ. <laughs> Come on, TJ. Calm down, man. All right, what's next? All right, Jim. Jim Cornette, I will powerbomb you off a fucking scaffold at Peasants Con 2018. Be there, bitch! So try, with, quit trying to make Peasants Con happen. It's not what is with heels on the show being named Jim? <laughs> what the fuck is up with that? I don't know. Yeah, dude. Ooh, we gotta have what? Jim Cornette and Jim Ass on the same time and see who's the true Jim. Wow. The true The no Jim. true Jim. Yeah, the no true Jim fallacy. Sweet. All right. So, uh, what is this? Romney, some... Romney predicts bombshell in Trump's taxes. Okay, bombshell. We have good reason to believe that there's a bombshell in Donald Trump's taxes. Or either he's not anywhere near as wealthy as he says he is, or he hasn't been paying the kind of taxes we would expect him to pay, or, or perhaps he hasn't 
uh, uh, been giving money to the to the vets or to the disabled, like he's been telling us he's been doing. And at this so moment, Trump minute. firing back on Twitter saying, "Mitt Romney." Who is a greedy, evil scumfuck is really going to criticize another greedy, evil scumfuck for being greedy and evil? Yes. I mean, like, whatever. If there's some shady shit in Donald Trump's tax records, fine. But I don't need Mitt um, Romney to break the news to me, man. Fuck that uh, shit. Mitt Romney was the same candidate that pretty much broke precedent and, like, didn't, didn't want to release any of his tax records or anything like that. So yeah, besides, what is he talking about? I don't know. Isn't the main mantra of these fucking Republicans, like, taxed enough already, too much taxes? Yeah, as far as they're yeah. concerned, as far as most Republican voters are concerned, Trump didn't pay his taxes? Good. Neither did I. Fuck taxes. Quote, Mitt Romney, who totally blew an election that should have been won and whose tax returns made him look like a fool, is now playing tough guy. This battle coming as Trump is celebrating a massive win in Nevada and calls to grow him are growing louder tonight. Uh, the Washington calls Post editorial to board today Dude, calling on Republican you think leaders Romney to stop is just Trump. kind of resentful, though. I should have been president. Because people actually, there's, I mean, I hate to say it, but there's people that really love Donald Trump, like sincerely think he's like wonderful. Like he's, he's, he's the white knight that's going to save yeah, America. Yeah, you know what? And none of, no one ever felt that way about Romney. For, Fuck Even no. for a second. It was like, well, I guess we got to go Romney. All our other candidates are real turds. You know what it's like? It's like you get a fucking soda and the, it's like, it just ran out of syrup. So you taste it and you're like, you know, it's too much of a pain in the ass. So I'll just drink it anyways. That's Romney. Or if you can only find an RC cola. You know, writing, and I quote: "History will not look kindly on GOP leaders who fail." To me, to be honest, to have Romney be the one that they wheel out to fucking try and get something against Trump, like well, who, who the else can wheel out Bush? They can't wheel out fucking well, Bush. Reagan's dead. Well, that's like the thing, though. Like the Republican, the Republican establishment is scared to fucking death of Trump. Oh, because yeah. they don't own him. Like even if he is an evil scum fuck, he's an evil scum fuck that they don't own. And they're fucking desperate for to like make this Rubio or Cruz thing happen. It's never gonna happen. Ever. Never. <laughs> Rubio or Cruz, give me a fucking break. Failed <laughs> to do That's everything just... in the no, go ahead. their power to prevent a bullying demagogue from becoming their standard bearer. What? Like a, a bull, you call him a bullying demagogue? What were you, bitch? Weren't you the one who gave a fucking got caught at a luncheon bullshit with a bunch of powerful faggots, basically saying, you know, forty eight percent of the country is just a bunch of scum fucks anyway. You know, users and um, stuff. Pretty much all politicians in America are demagogues. I I don't even know how that's insulting. It's just the obvious. Oh, he's a bully. He's a bully. It's like, okay, so what? Yeah, he's a bully, and look at the results he's getting. Obviously, uh, your people in your party want that. Maybe if you if, if you didn't uh, continuously fucking uh, make them want more and more carnage every fucking election, you know, you guys are the ones who decided to uh, be a bunch of scum fucks. Like Trump clearly knows what the fuck he's doing too. It's like every time one of these establishment candidates has criticized Trump for being too abrasive or whatever, and you would normally think that like, and it and it picks up even in the media, like people are like, man, Trump's really abrasive, and it's you know all this rabble, rabble, rabble bullshit, um, and Trump just doubles down on it, like he just keeps doing what he's always done, and he keeps winning. Yeah, he basically just said Romney's a loser. Who gives a shit? That was, I mean, that's basically what it boiled down to. He called him a literal loser by saying he lost an election he should have won. He blew it, TD. He blew it. So is he going to be a loser if he loses? No. No, of course not.
All right, here's uh, here's some snippets of Trump's speech after he won the Nevada caucus. And uh, one of the things he says is, I love the poorly educated. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Uh, who else but Trump? That's your demographic, dog. We love... I noticed you're calling people dog lately. Shut up, dog. It's really lame. Dog, come on, dog. Come on, dog. dog Nevada. On. We love Nevada. Thank you. I a couple of months ago, we weren't expected to win this one. You know that, right? We weren't. You're, you're such an underdog, Of course, Trump. if you listen to the pundits, we weren't expected to win too much, and now we're winning, winning, winning the country. And soon the country is going to start winning, winning, winning. Huh. Our we country's going to be winning. We won with young. We won with old. We won with highly educated. We won with poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. With <laughs> what? I love the poorly educated. Just, just a moment of clarity. I love them. They're so ignorant and stupid. Oh, they'll vote for anyone. It's like, oops, I accidentally... Like, that's a supervillain line at that point. Dude, and think about Trump, like how he's describing America. We're going to be winning. Winning what? What are we going to be winning? It's not the fucking lottery. It's like, America won! Yay! What are we going to win? We're going to start a new holiday called National We Win Day. Everyone that, go out that, and buy a new TV for 30% off. You win. That really is, like, his strategy, though. His strategy is never admit weakness, like, throw people off with how vitriolic he will be, like, right, like, the way he was with Rubio at that last debate, just, like, completely fucking dismissive. The, you remember how he was with Jeb? <laughs> Jeb tried to like come at him and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, higher energy tonight, Jeb. I really like that. Yeah, doing well. And then just kept on shitting on Jeb. Like, he just doesn't, and, and he constantly repeats that he's winning. He'll say it like a 90 million times because like, really that's all that matters at the end. I'm going to win. Who says they won? The Drunken Peasants Podcast is winning, dog. Winning. winning. We, we already won, dude. We won it all. Won it all. It's done. It's over with. The smartest people with the most loyal people. And you know what I really am happy about? Because I've been saying it for a long time. 46% with the Hispanics. 46%. Number one with Hispanics. You're going to need someone to build the wall. So, of course they're in favor of it. Number one with Hispanics. The Bible tells us that in oh, the end God. of time that oh. we are going to have to make a choice whether or not we are going to accept the mark of the beast, which many people have come to know as the number 666, or better yet, 666. But look what at the what the Bible Josh says. Wearing? It says that that number Yeah, is... what the fuck is this costume? He looks like fucking Dr. Evil or something. <laughs> I know! <laughs> the fuck is, is this Austin on? Powers? What's going on here? Yeah. Oh, my. He looks good, just like dorky, and why is the quality so shit? <laughs> on his, I showed red, on his red, red one. one. I, f yeah. I feel like the last video we saw Fuck from this. him was like much clearer. This is, a, this is a red scarlet. He's upgraded his camera recently, it looks like. Maybe uh, reality where he lives is actually this blurry. The number of a name. Now, what if I it's told really you echo, that in the Greek uh, text, when too. you take the number 666, that it literally identifies like and matches up. Bathroom. Like, what Jesus is... Christ. It's, it's a terrible awful. green screen. It's a terrible green screen. Is that toilet paper? 
You said bathroom, and then instantly all that shit behind him just looked like a giant roll of toilet paper. Parallels perfectly with the words in the name of Allah. Notice this, ladies and gentlemen, that now we have a name that is attached is this to that. A fucking empty warehouse. Like it's like, blah, 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 blah. it's like you're. Why are you echoing so much? In the name of Allah. I mean, how does how does that? Six six six. Okay, I'm 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 listening. I'm listening. Okay, let's just. And when the out. Bible says that we're going to take the mark of the beast, it uses two different words. It uses the word for the arm or the hand, and it uses the <clears throat> word for the forehead. Notice exactly where it is that Islamic jihadists put the name of Allah, and their different mantras and mottos. They put it on their arm, and they put it on their forehead. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that we not be ignorant to the fact of what Islam really is. I think that we must realize, though, that one day that we are either going to take a number or we are going to take a name. And that name, I'm, I'm glad to tell you, is the name above all names. It is the name. So you're just not going to explain how yeah. in the name of Allah is 666 at all? You're not going to yeah. explain the reasoning behind that even it a is. little bit? You're just going to you declare see, it and accept it? We're just going to accept it. Okay. You see, TJ, Islamic writing looks vaguely like numbers, and they put the Islamic writing on their forehead, so clearly that is the 666. You're 666, Paul. Paul translates to 666. I've decided. Anybody can figure it out if they just study hard enough, you know? name of Jesus Christ. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Great I Am, the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning, the End, the Author, and the Finisher of our faith. And that's why, like the three Hebrew boys, I'm not afraid to stand up in the midst of a society and say, I refuse to bow. Why? Because Oh my God! What are we? What am I supposed to do with this? He like he really likes these. He likes these. He's like karate chopping the air. He's pointing at you. You know, you know it's true. I mean, he spews gibberish at a hundred miles an hour while his fat fucking face flabs around, and he's and wearing. Make sure to like, share, and favorite this and he's video. He's wearing some kind of ridiculous jumpsuit with a fucking thing that zips up his neck or where his neck should be, which just makes his head look worse because all the fat from down on his neck is just pushed up and out. Dude, also, you know so he looks like he's out. puffing up like a fucking bullfrog or some shit. He, he puts dude, out a ton of videos, like, too. He looks like he just, like, gambled on a fart and lost, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he looks like does. he just oh. shat himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. He's got that, like... Like, yeah... That you, you could you can't trust a fart, Josh. <laughs> Never trust a fart, Josh, man. Look at this fuck. Do you guys, uh, TJ, do you know how many likes he actually has on Facebook? How many people? I, I don't, and the funny thing is, if you look at some of his videos, he has shit for views, like 200,000, but then he'll get these ones where it's like 17 million views. Like the Starbucks are, thing. The worst thing about Josh Feuerstein is that there are like 17 million empty-headed idiots watching him on Facebook going, Yup, this guy's really got it figured out. Them Muslims clearly got that 666. Yep, Starbucks ought to bring back that red cup. You know he's smart because he talks more faster than we could. Yeah. See how he many sure words do. he says? And he, move, he uses hands a lot, too. Like, when he's talking at you, he points right at you. Like, <laughs> I'll be watching him on the Facebook, and I'll be thinking, like, oh, man, I'm just watching me a Facebook video. 
But then he points right at you and he's like, I'm talking to you, the finder and the finisher of my faith. Uh, and he does that uh thing that preachers need to do. That in between every sentence, he's like, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. So that makes me believe him too. We're fucked, man. What are we gonna do? Um, let's just fucking I'm I'm thinking Jim Cornette's drone idea is pretty solid. We need to, I think we the need to, pie idea would be more successful. Especially with Josh. Yeah. I want a video of him like is he any videos of him doing that nonsense talk, like like the spirit enters him or some shit? Uh, aren't all of his videos nonsense talk? No, no, but I mean, it's like, <laughs> well, they'll blow the, you know, like the goblet. I don't, I don't shit, think like, he's Pentecostal. I, I mean, wish he was. I want to see videos of him doing that shit and like rolling around with the snake and shit. Well, maybe we can send in a request. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Because even though they may persecute us, we know that the Son of Man is going to show up in the fire the same way that he did for those three Hebrew boys. So I dare you today to choose you this day whom you will serve and make the decision today that you are not going to take the number, but that you're going to take the name. And here's how you're going to do that. I want you to share this video. And help oh, that's how salvation depends on sharing this video. That's how you got to do it the only way to fight the antichrist share this video your the your soul and its fate its eternal fate may rest Dude. on whether or not you share this video and say, say that in your next video be like your soul depends on this video being shared if you don't share this video you're damned straight to the pits of hell what a terrible man Next. It's the social outcasts. Next. Oh, yes. All right. The slightly awkward guy at parties. Oh, no. <laughs> that girl that doesn't wash her armpits well enough. Shit. All the social outcasts are here. <laughs> All right. The, uh, the dirty kid that's into anime. Oh, shit. No. Trump vows to appoint ultra-conservative justices. Cool. Great. Finally. The president may have... Oh, it, Pat Robertson's interviewing him. Uh, there, there may be three judges. Uh, uh, three what what, what criteria would you use to... Uh, well, we have judges. some good ones. We have Judge Alito, who's terrific. Sam Alito, yeah, uh, terrific. Uh, we have uh, Judge Thomas, who I think is a terrific judge, who's been a right. real strong... Uh, very, very good guy. And uh, we have some that didn't work out as well. I mean... If you look at uh, Justice Roberts, he could have killed Obamacare twice. Mm -hmm. No matter what he does, it's like, you know, he was appointed by Bush. By the way, I will tell you that uh, Senator Cruz is the one that pushed him. He was the one that most wanted him. In fact, oh, he wrote shit. editorial suit, but you've got to have Roberts, you've got to have Roberts. And Justice Roberts was a, a terrible, terrible situation because he approved Obamacare when everybody said it was... That individual was a terrible situation going to be terminated. He was the vote that said we're going to keep it. Then he had a second time at it, which would have also killed it, and he passed it then too. Wow, it's like a chimp interviewing an orangutan. <laughs> and some of the other judges that I are totally did. I mean, the, you the, red, the reddish hair. We're at the Planet of the Apes, man. Fuck. <laughs> or that some of them wouldn't even speak to him. But one. what he did was terrible. Now, he was a Bush appointee, and he was really proposed... He, the one that pushed him harder than anybody was Cruz, Senator Cruz. How hard did he push him? 
Pushed him real fucking hard. Oh, he was hard. pushing him real he pushed hard. Him, he pushed him day and night. He oh, pushed he, him night. real good. He was pushing and pushing and pushing him. Just pushing him over and over. He was pushing him all the time. Pushing him. And so Senator Cruz gave us Obamacare in a true sense. Because any good can... It's true. It's true. Oh. In fact, you have, you have right yeah, now... He did. They, does, what, what does, happened? Does Senator Pat, Cruz gave us Obamacare. The crowd's like, oh, it's true, he does, did. Does Pat Robertson take like formaldehyde baths or something? I mean, he looks like like Lenin's corpse practically. What are you talking about? It's like the blood of innocent. Like, he's like, me another innocent third world child. Have you ever he seen, cracks it open and drinks it. You ever I seen think, pictures of Lenin's corpse? It, it's like a fucking fermented pickled corpse that's been dead for like 80 years. Yeah, you know what else he looks like? Remember in um like the last Harry Potter movie when they like showed like the withered corpse of Voldemort like in Harry in that weird train station oh, in Harry's yeah. mind? I think Pat Robertson is very slowly becoming that. <laughs> it makes sense. You can even see him shrink in his suit as you're watching this video. It'll get looser and looser. You'll see. He looks like the Crypt Keeper, man. Oh, that's an insult to the Crypt Keeper, man. Come he's on. He's really man. just, he's let himself go. I think he's just like, but, his old, like, how old is this fuck? He's fucking old. old. He's in his 80s, I believe. Yeah. Man. Yeah. He's withering. He's but, withering. We have editorials this video, where this he video though is a perfect example of the Trump always be on offense strategy because if you remember Pat the chimp asked the orangutan at the beginning of this clip uh, like well you you may have the option to appoint three justices what are your criteria and Fuck Trump has spent Cruz. the entire time going yeah. Ted Cruz is a piece of shit all the, all the like, audience loved like, it too you. Dude, this is a, this is totally so fucking put upon in stage, and these are just softball questions. So Trump can just walk into fucking attacking everyone he doesn't like. And Cruz, by the way, pretty much gave us Obamacare. He wrote actually papers on why he should be the one chosen, signed by Ted Cruz. So I mean, he has been no matter what he does, he's been a disaster judge because Obamacare is killing everybody. It's killing everybody. <laughs> it's killing. So everyone's dying in the streets. Oh, What's wrong with you? Killing everyone. You know, Obamacare got me. Uh, now I'm bleeding in the streets and nothing I can do. One more question. In your selection as president, what criteria would you use to pick somebody? That's actually not a next question. That's the same question because he didn't answer yeah. it the first time. Pro-life. Pro -life. Uh, we want... We want... That's what I'm telling you. This crowd is just like they are, they've already decided they all love Trump. He, every time he's he shedding anyone on Cruz, they all are like, ah, yeah, Cruz is horrible. Pro life, pro Christian, pro guns. Starts with that. Starts with that. A, a very conservative, very very smart. I mean, like Judge Scalia would be a perfect. You know, that's he was like a perfect. A he was a perfect uh, representative. I, I've always said. So I'm gonna nominate. Scalia, who just died. Yeah, I know, dude. It's like, what? It's great. Uh, Scalia, too. Yay! I'm working have, on uh, cloning Scalia. It's like in I one of my, my factories, <laughs> research labs. I have my, I have my best people uh, working on his bloated corpse right now. And I'm telling <laughs> you, uh, within an, a month of my taking office, Scalia will be back on the court in some form. Man, that'd be awesome, Zombie Scalia. Just like, all right, Zombie Scalia, groan once for yes and twice for no. Uh, uh, uh. 
a fucking major dissenting opinion in the annals of our fucking country. Just like dissenting opinion, Justice Zombie Scalia. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to read the transcript. It's like okay, so just it would just be like in uh, you know groan, 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 all in like um, uh, brackets, groan in brackets. That'd be the dissenting Rule. opinion. Snarl, drone, scream. Eat, just, eat Justice Thomas's head. <laughs> that uh, Justice Thomas doesn't get enough credit. Uh, he's a wonderful man. He is. He's a wonderful man. Oh, he's he's a wonderful guy. Yeah. And I've always said, and as I said, uh, Judge Alito is. Forget the fact that he, he doesn't even cross-examine anybody and forget the fact that, you know, there was some extremely shady shit with his wife taking money from sh uh, by from corporations he was ruling on and shit. Forget all that, though. You know, great guy, class act, wonderful. Is a terrific guy. So, um, in that realm is what we're talking about for okay. me. I would ask you after the election, will you please come back as President Trump and give him a, a, a presidential message here at Region? We'll do it again. Great job you've done. Thanks. Thank you. Great place. Thank you, man. Thank you. So nice. Thank you. That was nice. So nice. Wow. Yeah, their their feelings are so unambiguous. It's another target for the drone strike. I mean, yeah. If ever if ever there was a sign of the impending apocalypse, it is President Trump doing a, a formal presidential address at the Seven Hundred Club. With uh, oh, Pat oh. Robertson, like, resting a hand on his shoulder the whole time. <sighs> like, yeah. I endorse this fuck. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, dude. Getting that weird coven of men to surround Trump and put hands on him as president. Oh, my God. The world has to end at that point, right? Yeah, the meteor just has to come on down from there. It's like, I can't, I, you know, I came for the dinosaurs. I came back for you fucks. <laughs> Humanity destroyed. Let's try again. New species this time. All right, next one. Uh, Glenn Beck unleashes another self-righteous rant. That's what he does. That's his daily routine, dog. When I came out and I said, I'm sorry for anything that I... was the one that, that told I everyone that Osama bin Laden was going to destroy the Twin Towers. He did, Ben. Come on. If only we listened to fucking Glenn Beck. I've ever done to does divide this country. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I tried to do my best. I didn't mean to, but I tried to do my best. I tried to warn people on what was coming. You didn't I tried mean to, to warn people in 99 about Osama bin Laden. I tried to warn people in 06 about the banking crash. I tried to warn people in 10 about the caliphate. Nobody would listen. And I'm warning you now. And I came out and I said, I'm sorry. I did the best I could. Was there a single politician on either side of the aisle that came out and said, you know what, I was part of it too? Was there a single person in the media that said, you know what, after some self-reflection? Do you hear the crate? Do you hear the madness in his voice right here? I want to ask. I'm you, looking for the sanity. TJ, I want to <laughs> ask you something. Yeah. What is Glenn Beck? If you, you watched his show a few times, I'm presuming, or heard of it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him. What does he say every time you watch a show? The world is ending. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. So when something bad does happen, some event you can point to, he goes, I predicted it. I said the sky was falling. But he's like, he's like, Glenn, you say that every fucking day. 
Yeah, I mean, you tell us 850 ways that everything's going to be fucked. Yeah, occasionally one of them's right. Big fucking deal. Who gives a shit? Plenty of other people predicted. There's plenty of people who knew Osama bin Laden was bad news back in 1999, okay? You know, you weren't the only one like, man, this Osama bin Laden guy is pretty fucked. He was already doing terrorist attacks at that point. And he predicted the banking crisis. Yeah, I think he was already, you know, one of the top people on the FBI's most wanted list before 9-11. Yeah, so it wasn't like you were some prescient fucking genius. You predicted the stock, uh, the, 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 the crash of 2008. Okay. Like, let's, let's see your prediction. Let's look, show me the fucking video where you predicted it. He probably just predicted a crash. He's which like, happens. man, of course he did because he's always, <coughs> what is he always shilling? Survival kits. So of course it's in his best interest to be like, yeah, economy's going down. And gold. You need, you need to buy need gold. Need to buy you some gold. Need to buy you some fucking rations. Buy some guns. Second amendment. I was part of it too. By the way, no. what is this weird setup? Is he holding the camera and talking, or is someone pointing a camera at a screen from which he is talking? I don't or? know. Maybe he oh. lost his scarf. He doesn't want no, people to see his chin fat. I expected them to. But maybe that's because I still believe in Frank Capra. <laughs> maybe it's because I believe in these silly movies. What? I believe in America. Maybe if, those people if, never about did like exist. Mr. Smith goes to like Washington. But I don't want to live in a country and I don't want to live in a time when they can't exist. When I can't believe that they're out there. When I can't believe that the guy that we're going to elect president of the United States actually has some courage and actually has some integrity. Mm. Oh, Maybe I'll go down as the biggest fool ever. I hope so. No, probably not the biggest ever, but... He'll go down on the biggest fool ever. Sweet. No. Just like with everything else, Glenn, you'll be third or fourth on that list. Yeah, maybe uh, like, Glenn Beck, one of history's greatest fools, but <laughs> certainly not the biggest fool ever. Not even close. Even at that, he couldn't succeed. He tried, though. He's got more money than me. But I'd rather <laughs> die with hope. That there's some common decency in this world. I mean, during the Bush administration, there was a lot of people that supported, you know, the war and the military and everything. And a lot of people on conservative talk radio got huge supporting George Bush during that time frame because there was a huge segment of the of the population, like, you know, 50 percent of the voting population, basically. So that's how Glenn Beck got big. He rode that gravy train, and then he kind of branched off after that when he couldn't when he couldn't keep uh, his shows on the mainstream networks because real sponsors wouldn't sponsor him. Then he kind of like branched off. Dude, I remember the first time I ever watched Glenn Beck was also the first time I ever saw Sarah Palin because uh, he was running his little shitty go nowhere show on HLN News that no one was watching, and uh, he had Governor Sarah Palin. On his show to talk to her, and he, he did this interview with her, and I'm like, man, that woman is a fucking idiot. He he had already been big as uh, as an author and as a radio, radio personality. Host, right. But yeah. his HLN show wasn't doing shit because it's on HLN. Right. But, um, you know, I, I thought she was a fucking idiot. 
And then I was, I'm kind of glad he did that because then when she was announced VP and everyone was like, who the fuck was that? Who the fuck is Sarah Palin? I was like, I know who Sarah Palin is because I saw an interview on Glenn Beck and she's a fucking retard. And that actually, uh, was, I made some big video at the time about it. Uh, I was a little, I was pretty fast on the draw on that one because I was one of the few people who even knew who Sarah Palin fucking was. Because she was totally obscure before that VP thing. I mean, she was the governor of yeah, fucking Alaska. Alaska. You know, who gives a shit? And she was like a washed up, uh, you know, like beauty queen, queen yeah. uh, and news anchor also. News anchor. Dude, her speeches now are just hilarious. You know what? Just rambling shit. You know, recently um, I told Casey Tron that we were, that we were sorry that we uh, were so rude to her when she yeah. came on the show. And right. she said she's going to forgive us. Oh, you piece of shit, Ben. Sometime. We're not sorry. No, no, no. Remember, we were so mean and rude to her. Yeah, Scotty. I mean, no, I Christians, Christians use that against us till this day. Yeah, man. I don't recall the events like that at all. Sorry. We got to be nice this time, Scott. Yep. Casey Tron's coming back. We're going to be kind. We're going to be cordial. We're going to be downright fucking polite. Right, you know, well, maybe, maybe she can enlighten us to, you know, Christianity. Know. Yeah. Kinda I'm going to tell her guys. what. I'm going to make her an offer. About what she can do to convert me into a Christian. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I'm, I'm not going to make it here. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it to her face. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what that offer's going to be, TJ. TJ, if, and if you're converted. you're probably in the ballpark, Paul. <laughs> TJ, if you're converted, will you close your YouTube channel? Uh, yes. Or you, or, or you just change it to the Amazing Christian. Well, you know, it's still got a heathenist, uh, he heathen uh, URL, so we got to get rid of that. Oh, it's got to go. We got to, we got to, we got to, we got to clean house, man. So this may be the end of TJ. So hopefully we can get Casey Tron back on, so you can ask her be converted. I no, 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 no. I yeah, we're we're in negotiation right now. Mm -hmm. Negotiation. All right. Uh, Everyone, spam Casey Tron. No, be on the show. no, no. DP. Beyond DP, KP. This is why I handle getting the guests on the show and TJ doesn't. All right. Whatever. Listen to Ben, I guess. <laughs> Don't listen to Ben. Don't. Anyway, uh, this this weirdo guy. He let challenged me just, us. It's 21 yeah. seconds. Just show it. Yeah. Joseph Martelli here. Okay. So What's my up? video was featured on the Drunken Peasants was solution Ridicule for gays and lesbians. The since these two are homo it. supporters. Okay. I don't even care what you idiots do in your private life. But wait, let's do a Google Hangout. Joseph Martelli is challenging the drunken peasants to a Google Hangout. Man up. Okay. okay. Uh, Shit, I'm running scared, man. We're not going to do, we won't do a Google Hangout, but if you really want to come on the show. Um, I don't remember. What, 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 was, yeah, what uh, was the video? He's, he's made a bunch of videos bashing gay people, and I believe at one point maybe... He was gay before he became he religious. Dude, he was the dude that was suggesting that all lesbians and gays be put on separate islands. Oh, yeah. that fucking retard. Oh, dude, we were yes. just talking about how stupid he was earlier. Yeah, oh, have yes. him on the show. Yes, let's bring him on the That's show. That's awesome. Yeah, let's get him. We've played some of his other videos in the past. We're gonna, oh, yeah, he's we're a gonna retard. man up. He's a fucking retard. Let's man up. Let's get I'm on. real scared, to be honest with you guys. I don't know if we can handle so that in Joseph intellect. Martelli. Joseph, we're, we're frightened of you, man. Send us a message either on... Oh, well, uh, yeah, Twitter. Tweet us if you're the real Joseph Martelli. Yeah, man. We'll have you. Well, probably not I, the whole show. We'll, ha we'll mock you for 20 minutes, so be good. <laughs> I was struck, too, by how unmanly life has become because he was just like, I'm done with you guys. 
I don't care about you. I challenge you. <laughs> yeah. Google Hangout. It's like, what? Like, that's that's so now As a society, like a Google Hangout is the paragon of two uh, men. Fashion. It's like Thunderdome. It's practically Thunderdome. Hey, Paul, I challenge you to a dance off, man. Two oh, men shit. enter. Both men leave. Oh. Two men enter. Oh. Both men leave. Google Hangouts. Slap fight. Google Hangouts have kind of become. Oh, stop it. Ow. Stop it. Man up, Scotty. Man up. All right. Like he, the reason yeah, he chose those words, pussies. man like, up, if you guys were is because he wants a man up his ass. Like, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, man. Didn't no, you go ahead. No, you I'm go sorry. ahead, Paul. Everyone's sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Interrupt everybody, sorry. don't you? Sorry, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, man. No, if you guys, if you guys were real men, you would have you would have hashed out that slap fight in a Google <laughs> Hangout. Man, you're right. You're right, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's settle this like men, Scotty. Tonight we go to a Google Hangout. All right, fuck. No one else is invited, just me and Scotty. It's funny, you guys, yeah, like, you can be in your room in the basement, and Scotty can be in his room, like, upstairs. <laughs> yeah, man. And we Google Hangout together. So you have a whole floor to separate. Resolve our fucking We're gonna differences. We're going to fucking settle this on a Google on Hangout. On a Google <laughs> Hangout, man, because that's how men do it. Right, that's how men I, hash I out few, their differences. I have a few stipulations, uh, one being no profanity, because I'm very sensitive to uh, profanity. I have a stipulation, too. All right. uh, I stipulate that I don't have to be there. You All just right, go enough. and, uh, you know... Just, oh yeah, I'm gonna be there. Man. Just hang out and think well, about it. Well, what, you know, what happens? And, well, well you maybe know. you decide to pop in. At, you know, maybe at some point. I don't know. Maybe I'll come in and say hi or something. Oh well. Michelle I'll Bachman says a biblical uh, says a biblical basis for society is key to happiness. Yeah, sure. It is. I don't know why anyone cares what she's saying anymore, but here she is. Don't eat why shellfish. Why ever care what she was saying? Don't eat shellfish, TJ. First thing to do is get she was, attitude. Because people cared because she was actually in the government. Now she's not, so she's even less relevant than before. Yeah. Anything that says, I don't like competition, that's not biblical. You Didn't she quit because she was, like, em in the embroiled in a scandal that was going to destroy her political career anyway, so she just left? I believe that's true. So, like, extra who gives a shit? I don't like competition and educational choice, that's not biblical. You don't like competition and religion, that's not biblical. Compete. Let the winning one come out on top. Do that with economics, do it with political ideas. You hear two candidates debate, measure the ideas. Just yeah. because it sounds good doesn't mean it works. Measure the ideas. Measure the, So get into competition. That is a big thing that has to be done. Yeah, it's kind of like you could summarize um, it by saying... Get no, that, that doesn't summarize how you guys feel at all. I think we clearly know Republicans will do whatever they can so they don't actually have to compete on a level playing field. Which I'm not saying, that, hey, and if another political party had the power, they wouldn't do the same. But I'm saying that's just bullshit for them to even come out here with the shit like, we, 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 we love competition. No, you don't. Get a brain. Get I a mean, brain. That's, that's, that's kind right. of what it is. Right. Get a brain. Get a brain, moran. Get a brain and fucking get rid of your critical thinking skills and just believe what you're told. I saw a great bumper sticker today. It said, critical thinking, the other national deficit. <laughs> and figure out, don't you want to live better? Don't you want to be more prosperous? Don't you want to be happier? Don't you want to be free? Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Poor people to do well? Don't you want to love your neighbor? Yeah. If you want don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was taller like me? Don't you? Don't you? What are you, Sarah Palin now, bitch? <coughs> you would embrace competition. She talks that way, too, though. And yeah, you'd want a she biblical basis for your no, society. She's from, she's just from like Minnesota. We need a biblical basis for our society. 
You know, we shouldn't be letting gays get married. We should be stoning them to death. We yes. shouldn't be letting women... Wait a minute. She's a woman, and she's saying we need a biblical basis for society. Bible says women are not to lead, bitch. Bible says don't let women lead. Don't let women teach. Your place is at home fucking doing, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, but I mean, who even knows what the fuck she means when she said, when they say this show, we need a biblical society. Like, what does that mean? It's, it's going to be anything, anything else. They're going to pick and choose what they like, and that's what's going to be presented as the correct way to live your life. It means you got to agree with all of the things I'm bigoted against, and my opinion needs to be legislated, and that's, that's a biblical society. through their example gave us that they embraced for us just like george washington and the founders when uh, they dedicated this nation to god at the inauguration uh, george washington the founders george washington and the founders didn't even want you to be able to vote let alone hold office you stupid bitch they wanted to give voting rights to white male landowners those three criteria. You had to be white, you had to be male, and you had to own land. Now you don't even need to own land. Yeah, I mean, it was basically just like, hey, we need a country where people can vote, but only rich white people who are men. We lost Paul. Man. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, obviously our founders did not want direct democracy. It's very clear. It's like, you elect these people, and they do the job. Like, you guys are too stupid, and, you know, you know basically, we don't want the plebs making too many decisions. Yeah, stupid fucks. I hate these fucking, this fucking bitch. In the very first seconds of life of this country, competition worked politically, competition works in religion, competition works in economics. And competition is the foundation of freedom. Amen. Uh, <laughs> you, guys, you guys do not want competition in religion. What are you talking about? Every time they want to build a mosque or anything, or, or have a satanic church or temple or something, you guys are out there picketing, like, no, no, we don't want any competition. Christianity's good enough. She means competition within Christianity. Oh, yeah, of course. Because that, that's the same thing. It's totally the same thing. I think Adam and Eve were literal people. I think it's just a story that represents our bond with God or some bullshit. Shucks. We're all well, I guess we can still get along, because as long as we both hate faggots and shit, You'll hate the Muslims, right? Yep, okay. Well, you're all right. Or you can have that fucking ultra sappy, like, it doesn't, the, the Bible accepts and loves everyone. It's like, it clearly doesn't. It, it says right there, oh, it's not, yeah, you're interpreting it the wrong way. It's like, either interpretation is terrible and stupid. Yeah, man, what the Bible says ain't what it means. Come on, everyone knows that. It's allegorical. I think the, the best says, argument, I think the best argument against a Christian, like, a, a biblical nation, a biblical government, is the fact that you can't get five Christians in the room and have them agree on fucking anything about Christianity. It's the most hilarious thing to listen to actual Christians from just basic, like just basic different denominations discuss the Bible. They don't agree what's biblical. So how could they possibly want a biblical society if nobody agrees on what biblical means? You yeah. know what? That means not Catholic, who and are I love, not real Christians. I love how they all have these wildly different interpretations, and yet when they talk to atheists, they're like, you know, we have objective morality that you guys don't. It's like, no, you don't. Have you looked around Christianity? You guys don't universally agree on what morality is. Dude, they don't agree on fucks. shit. They don't agree on shit. And yet they'll always be like, well, it's objective morality. Anyone who doesn't agree with my interpretation is wrong. It's like, oh, okay. So you're the arbiter. No, Jesus is, but I understand the words of Jesus. I just understand it better. 
I'm just smarter and better and more right. Anyone who believes different is being led astray by the devil. Alrighty. Alright. Welcome to my news house where I keep weird news for you to peruse. Hi there, I'm Mark. The story today, sticking weed in your vagina can help with menstrual cramps. Neat. I mean, I'll never need that, but you know. Good to He's know. an unrepentant flat earther. Cool. So yeah. now there's an even better reason to hide Kush up there than just getting across the border. <clears throat> hey, can thanks I, again, uh, Christine. Can I, can I complain again and have you share screens with me again? I'm sorry. Can I complain that you keep getting disconnected? Always Paul. complaining, Paul. Try to keep mean, your shit man. together, Paul. It was you, Paul. You disconnected on purpose. Yeah, what the fuck? You, you, know, what, ben? you know what, Ben? You hung up on me, Ben. Shit. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Damn. Paul. Damn. I don't know what me. the fuck. Is it, I mean, is this even a real video? I mean... <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> like, is this this is like a troll? This should be yeah, troll, unrepentant troll, flat I earther. Just, I just thought Come it was on. Fun. I just thought it was funny. All right. I told you it was nature's pouch. She's a good friend. She's a good friend. Yes, indeed. A company called Foria Pleasure that offers weed-based vaginal sprays <clears throat> and suppositories that promise enhanced sexual pleasure for women also Neat. boasts another benefit of their products. Subdued menstrual cramps. So, if you have a vagina or a lady in your life does, and either of you are prone to bad menstrual cramping, try some cushion. Man, I'll tell you what, man. If my girlfriend takes my weed and shoves it up her pussy and bleeds all over it, we're, we're, get, we're breaking up. That's, what, that's what's happening at that point. It makes sense, dude. That's too... That, no. Do not ruin my that's weed. That's crossing line. a fucking line. Don't turn my green red, baby. I don't want that. There is a fucking line in the sand. Yeah. Looks like, it, draw it. looks like it does exist, though. Here it is. Neat. How much is it? Did it, did it, did it you can get it in, in Colorado. You can buy a relief. Yeah, so it is real. It's Four not a track of suppositories. Uh, neat. There's no reviews I'm on it yet, guys, though. Like, you may think I'm fucking crazy, but you have not been high until you have smoked some kush dipped in menstrual blood. It's fucking crazy. Wow, really? I think TJ would prefer the suppositories. Yeah, I was thinking about getting those suppositories. Let's see Blunt how high your, that gets me. Try some hash in your... Put cannabis in your vaginal canal. Hey, it's 420 somewhere, and by somewhere, I mean vaginas. That's what it said in the pamphlet. All right. Okay, that's enough. That's At enough. least it's a real product. That's enough, crazy man. Paul, this dude's beards puts both of ours to shame, though. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it takes time. I'm working on mine. I've got a head start on you, and I think you're gonna tap out way before I do. So, dude, his yeah, his like half of his fucking face is just a beard, dude. Yeah, man. <sighs> so jealous. You and Paul are probably like another two or three months away from being there. I, I would say, probably, maybe even more. No, man, probably that's, probably that's closer more... to half a year, maybe even nine months from yeah. that. No, I should probably have that by next week. My hair grows fast. I think I'm already catching up with Paul. No. I think. I don't know. Let's I... see. Paul, can you get closer at all? I can see. Mm, I don't know, TJ. Yours is looking. You got to remember mine is lighter in color. Let's see. Get to the grab. Ooh, I don't know. I think Paul's got a little bit on Fuck you, You guys just need a fucking measure. All right, yeah. I'll pluck one of my beard hairs from my highest region, and you pluck one of yours longest region, whatever, and we'll fucking compare. From their nether region. Yeah. Okay, on the next show, I'll do it. 
on the next show. Right, yeah, sweet. you gotta you gotta measure one out, Paul. I will. And, and I'll measure one out, and we'll fucking get together. Honor system, bitch. Don't be lying. Yeah, be exaggerating. Yeah. Scott, I'm gonna yeah. fuck your ass, and then you're gonna be humble. I ain't gonna be humble just because you fucked my ass. I can beat the fuck out of you with the moon of my little finger. Then do it, bitch. Last time I checked, your ass is crippled with a fucked up gimpy leg. <laughs> Pretty sure I could kick you in the fucking face, Iron Sheik. I beat the fuck out of you. No, you won't. Dude, if you gave him some crack, he'd probably like you. All I gotta do is punch you once and run. Hey, man. Now you could chase me. Hey, fadas. <laughs> what? You ain't looking so uh, scrawny yourself, man. He's the like 70 now, though, TJ. He's 70. The what? The police department? <laughs> the police department. All right. What, that word, I, that's not supposed to have 20 syllables. Department. Okay. Department. Yeah. The police department. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> so I, I guess that's pretty much a show, right? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to see Friday. Uh, brief announcement. Um, we, You guys announced the Games Against Humanity, Hards Against Humanity, all that Games shit. Against Humanity? I what was standing over that? there. Yes, we did. And all right, so that's every... all happening. And Ben's going to send you guys a message. Be on the lookout for that uh, over the weekend. Okay. Uh, we'll be back Friday, uh, same time, 9 o'clock. And uh, we, I mean, we have a guest then? No, I don't think we do. No. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Well, all right, bye. so the show's over. Everyone fuck off. Bye. 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 Peace. Bye. Okay, cool. Bye. Peace. Good night. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs> 